to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about hardcore versus casual. We've been wanting to talk about this for a while, and I waited so one of the co-hosts here could join me today for Q&A and call-ins. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you right to the YouTube channel. And if you want to find all my content under one central hub, we just launched the SNTR Network. So SNTRnetwork.com. If you bookmark that page, that's where you can find Repeat Theater, Rageous Roundtable, and SNTR Presents all under one umbrella. Also, nice tool was built here by Creature, the man who made the website for me. I'm going to have the little outline and images on the screen for you. If you're listening to the audio version, no worries. It should clean up some of the ways that I cover this. So why are we talking hardcore versus casual? What's what's the reason for this topic in particular? Whenever we talk about Destiny, especially in the life of Destiny 2, as it's sort of evolved from static roles, double primary, and the raid gear being obtainable in the tower through Hawthorne. Since that moment in time to now, there's been a consistent unspoken or spoken friction between those who play a lot and those who play a little and generally people break those into those two categories of hardcore and casual what i wanted to do with this discussion is talk about why i think this spectrum actually is important to be cognizant of as well as a way to think about why it's important to make a spectrum of content and lots of different content i believe that it is something that has been lacking in destiny up to this point so i think this is an important subject so hardcore versus casual the first thing we got to do is establish what is a casual because I know a lot of the times the term gets used as a pejorative it's almost an insult like oh you're just a casual like you don't play that much and one of the reasons I think it's important to define this is without a strong definition of a casual it can be difficult to know what a mayor like what a player means when they use the word do you mean casual like all they do is play pubs do you mean casual like they don't have a lot of time to play and I think that's a, a really important distinction for a variety of reasons number one some players are casual in the amount of hours they can play but they gravitate towards hardcore activities like raids, dungeons trials of Osiris so even though they can only play one hour or two hours a night or maybe they only really play on the weekends they're still finding themselves in the harder content Grandmaster Nightfall double drops if you're doing that two hours a night but that's the only amount of time that you have it'd be weird to call that person a casual just purely based off their allotment of hours you might say dude I checked your hours you're only playing a couple hours a night of course it's taking you a long time to get currency or whatever it is that you need you don't play that much and they might say listen i'm a i'm a hardcore casual i'm hardcore in my spirit and my heart but i'm a busy person i can only play ever so often now on the other side of the fence though it can be a little confusing because i believe there are casual players who log consistent hours week to week even though they maintain a consistent level of engagement with public space and strike level content they're playing three four five hours a night or a day they're they're logging a ton of hours in a given week but they're only hanging out in the more casual content so when you use the term casual hardcore i actually think you have to like maybe even define what you're referring to are you referring to play hours are you referring to the type of content i think it's most helpful to typically only use this phrase or these terms with respect to the content itself the activities okay hardcore activities would be going flawless trials grandmaster nightfall dungeons raids this is the upper echelon content i think hours put in 
I don't think is the greatest determiner because as I said, you can have people who log more hours and never set foot in a raid. They never set foot in a dungeon and yet they log way more hours than you. Okay, you might look at my hours right now and conclude I'm a hardcore player and yet I rarely step foot in the hardcore activities. So I believe it's best to establish these terms according to content. And here's why. Second section of the video here, spectrum of content. I believe in this in this particular discussion, spectrum of content is something that I really, really rail on all the time. From the beginning of even, I would say, Destiny 1, Destiny 2 and portions of the life of Destiny 1, we've had a really imbalanced offering of content spectrum. So in D1, it was like, there's almost nothing to do, and then there's Vogue, and that's it. And then as things progressed, you had Kingsfall being the only place you could hit max level, similar to Vogue, and yet, and yet, they came in with the April update, Challenge Velders, and they made it easier to hit max level with one-to-one infusion, and that upset the hardcore players. And if you fast forward, to Destiny 2, it launched very, very casual. Double primary, no more random rolls, static rolls, and you could get raid gear to drop in the tower for yourself. And the reason I think this is really important to talk about right now is we are on the cusp of promised, these have been promised, changes from Luke Smith about Aspiration needing refueled, and they aim to refuel Aspiration in year four. While raids and dungeons have given more hardcore players a chance to play challenging content, the loot and the rewards have been less than stellar. If you look at the gamut of raids in Destiny 2, the amazing thing is, we have a ton of raids. We have a ton of dungeons. We really do. If you include all the raids, all the raid layers, the three dungeons, then include the two exotic dungeons, the Outbreak and the Whisper, there's actually a lot of upper echelon content for PvE players specifically in Destiny 2. What has really fallen short has been the loot itself. One or two reasonably good or somewhat standout weapons in the raids up to now. Every raid not really having anything that's driving you in there as the best. We've asked for Adept Weapons and Trials Flawless. That's landing next season. We've asked for better weapons and better gear at the upper echelon. That's been a promise made with Sunsetting. So Destiny 2 Beyond Light needs to offer more than just a spectrum of content. It needs a clear and measurable spectrum of loot. Because again, we're talking hardcore versus casual. These players exist. There are players who only want to run the hardcore content. They want max level gear. They want the best stats. They want the best roles on their on their exotics. They want all the currency needed to level up their gear. Uh, they want the god roll on the weapons. This is vital, I think, to Destiny being successful because there is such a broad spectrum of player types in the game. I believe that's why this friction and hardcore casual debate is constantly being had because people identify them like their 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 contribution to the game and their player in the game with the type of content that they engage with. So lastly, I call this capital from the well. There can be capital, there can be more return on development investment from Bungie if they invest what I call the well. During the early stages of Destiny 2, I coined a phrase, because the content was pretty dry, I coined a phrase called the well behind the wall. And the easiest way to establish what I mean by this is, I've consistently said recently that the wall would be max level. You make max level you know, reasonable, doesn't take that much time for a hardcore player maybe it takes a week two weeks for a casual doesn't really need to be that extreme 
you know, if they're playing super casual, maybe it takes three, three and a half, maybe it takes them the first month of a season because they're playing super, super casual, okay? But that's the wall. The well behind the wall is where the depth is. The depth, the well, that you, according to the type of player you are, you can dive deeper or halfway down, wherever you feel like going down this chasm of depth is up to you. And I believe this is achieved with spectrum of content, difficulty, and spectrum of loot. Because maybe you want to get some cool weapon and you grind strikes to get it. And it gets better in Master and Grandmaster Nightfalls. Maybe you're grinding trials for a particular weapon or a particular role, but the adept version that comes from a flawless chest is better. That is the well behind the wall. Beyond Light, Destiny 2 Beyond Light can get significantly more capital out of existing content hear me out here existing content and new activities and new loot with clear spectrum you can take any piece of content and if you add a hard mode and a normal mode and you have clear differences between the loot that drops in those various modes that is the perfect spectrum for the players that we talked about at the beginning of this video if think about it if you're the casual that logs three or four hours a night and you are playing nothing but pub events, seasonal content, and strikes, this system works perfectly. A spectrum of reward. You got tons of great loot there, and you can turn them into a hardcore player when they see that spectrum of, wait, this gun gets better if I go up into the harder content. Conversely, if you have a hardcore player who can only play two or three hours a night, now you have the depth there for them. You have the harder version of the Nightfall, the harder version of the Dungeon, the Flawless Trials Chest. You have the the Grandmaster and the Master Nightfalls. This is how you create it. It's, it's right there. Every gun they create, every activity they create, all of that is waiting for spectrum and depth and that's how you get as i say capital from the well adept weapons versus normal weapons normal versus hard extra cosmetics and vanity items i believe are the key to creating a well behind the wall giving this spectrum of player the the hardcore versus casual debate i think calms down if both types of players feel that there's something for them in the game so we're going to transition to q a and vip call in so don't go anywhere if you're here in the live audience you can submit questions as a paying member or call in if you're a vip as always if you're listening to this elsewhere please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about hardcore versus casual. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms, you can always find us at SayNoToRage.com. That's the live broadcast channel. You can also go to SNTR Network. Uh, SNTRNetwork.com is a hub for all of the channels that I do. We do Repeat Theater, Rageous Roundtables returning, and then obviously SNTR Presents. So be sure to check out the newly launched SNTRnetwork.com. I am joined by Teddy today, one of the mods and one of the co-host tier supporters of the channel. We actually saved this for him. It's his day off. Say hello to the folks at home, Teddy. Hello, folks at home. There we go. I I had a feeling I was like, he's going to do the literal thing. Like when they say, say goodnight, Teddy, you're probably the guy that like says literally like goodnight, Teddy. Is that you? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> so this was something that he, he wanted to be a part of, you know, and, and obviously in the, in the talk, I, I outlined definitions because I think that's one of the things that's always missing. Anytime we talk casual hardcore, there's no real definition. And that's why I think sometimes people kind of pass in the night. 
and ask for things that maybe don't either make sense to somebody being called a casual or hardcore. So what was, before we dive into Q&A, Teddy, why is this something like you were kind of passionate about and wanted to be included uh, in the episode when we talked about it? I've, I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've been the super grindy, hardcore guy, and I've been the super casual, just playing patrols and strikes guy for literal, you know, couple hours maybe a week and that's when i noticed there's there's tears in this because i like you said there's the hardcore grinder there's the cash what i coined the casual core which is the people that like in-game content but they just don't have enough time to play it a lot which is basically where i was and now i'm more of an addicted casual player i play two three hours Sometimes a night, maybe, but I just stick to stuff I find fun, which is not Mm -hmm. in-game right now. And there's just so much vitriol going back and forth between casual and hardcore, and casuals think hardcores are in the game, and hardcores think casuals are ruining it. And it's Mm -hmm. just nonsense, because Bungie can, I think, develop for both types of people. Yeah that was really how I tried to land the end of the video just really bang on the drum of uh, thank you for the generous tip through PayPal Matt and then a $5 from Corey Bell started watching before everything went down your content's amazing thank you so much I I tried to kind of land that plane to be like the the idea that Bungie can make a spectrum of content they've done it before you know and you know, yeah, his his volume fluctuates a little bit. I'm not sure if uh, if he's moving away from the mic or something. I, it could just be the microphone itself. It's not your internet. If your internet's bad, it'll sound robotic. Um, there's just a slight volume fluctuation. Maybe check the settings. If auto gain is turned on, maybe that's messing with you because I th- I know that setting can be kind of funky. Like it's gonna automatically adjust gain because um, it the mic quality is good, but yeah, the volume's been going up and down a little bit. Um, yeah, just double check. Discord likes to turn things uh, back on that have been turned uh, off. Um, so it could be something along those lines. Uh, I've had that happen to me before. So we'll dive into the questions, though. That's kind of our springboard. Both you had the talk, and now you kind of know like why Teddy wanted to be involved. And I think he's right. I do think people get a little bit like finger pointy. Well, you're a casual, you're a hardcore, and you're ruining the game. Uh, and I think it's important to see that I think both sides can be uh, satisfied. So thank you again, Matt. You have a great Thanksgiving, too. I appreciate it. Um, Necro with the first question. Uh, and by the way, if you're a paying member, you can submit a question uh, for me and Teddy to obviously discuss and back ar- bat around. If you're in the, the YouTube chat, you need to be a paying member. If you're a Patreon, just use the Discord. Uh, Necro says, the infamous boxing match was something you said we should sit back and watch. Maybe both sides should look at Bungie and expect that they can please both sides. The infamous boxing match was something you said we should sit back and watch. I don't even know what you're referring to here. You think that maybe both sides should look at Bungie and expect what they can to please both sides. You're going to have to spell this one out for me, Necro. I'm not catching what you're putting down. Uh, The... I'll answer the second half. Let's just ignore the first half. You know, should we look at Bungie and expect that they can please both sides? I do. I do. I mean, if you go to the the final section, actually the final two sections, both Spectrum of Content and Capital from the Well, I believe that Bungie has the capacity 
to satisfy everybody and i don't mean in a way where like you try to please everybody and you end up pleasing nobody if you have a spectrum of difficulty and a spectrum of loot that lines up with that i i really truly think you can make the 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 spectrum of player feel like they can plug in if you feel that there is an accessible entrance point with good loot good experience and as you go up from that entrance point to harder difficulties harder structures better rewards i do uh, think that works really, really well. Yo, Horn Joe, thanks so much for the brand new membership. Six new members today, closing in on a thousand likes and over a thousand viewers. A stellar banner day for the site of the show again. Thank you guys so much for being here. All we ask is you hit subscribe. It's free. Um, but the people that do the paid memberships, thank you. Um, Necro is going to qualify his comments in Discord right now. He's typing. While he's doing that, I, what do you think, Teddy? Should we expect them to satisfy both sides of the player base? I think we should. Uh, both both ends of the spectrum need to be satisfied. Otherwise, the game will die. I mean, they more, more need to satisfy the casual time players because, I mean, they really keep the game going. Mm-hmm. But the hardcore needs satisfied too because they love the game and they're super invested in it. So I think they can do both sides. Hmm. Just... And, and they're, it, we're seeing it kind of start with the ordeal nightfalls because you have, you know, your multiple levels, the nightmare hunt, you have your multiple levels so they can create the content. They just need to iterate it on it a little bit more. Yeah. And I think in that, and that's what Necro is getting at. He says, remember when it pleases Paul and it ticks off Bob and vice versa. Right, 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 right. Whatever. If, if they, if they make it super casual, super accessible, super generous, then the hardcores get kind of bored. And and if it's super grindy, super slow, you know, super non-generous, then it makes the casuals upset. So yes, I think we've kind of answered that. I, I do think they've proven they can do it. It's let, let me say it another way. I don't think we're asking for something that's foreign here. It's not foreign to Destiny. What's really lacking is a loot incentive. And I can give you a handful of examples. Number one, in Destiny 1, you had the harder version of Vogue with specific drops that could only be gotten there. Namely, Fatebringer. You had the harder version of Kingsfall where the weapons looked cooler. Obviously, that was only like a, you know, that was a that, that was a cosmetic difference, but it was there. Uh, then, in Destiny 2, you had the hard version of Sundial. You had the hard version of Menagerie. You know, you've, you know, you've got the Grandmaster Nightfalls and the Master Nightfalls, like a spectrum there. And then you had the Nightmare Hunts, the difficulty spectrum. What's lacking in all of those categories? What's what's the missing piece? Do, I mean, what do, you, what do you think I'm going to say, Teddy? What's the missing piece in all those pieces of content, even though they have a difficulty spectrum? Loot. It's always loot. Yeah. So, so I'm not speaking like another language. Like, this is a language that Destiny speaks. They create content. They've created a spectrum. There's just no loot. It's like, what? Okay, so I'm going to run a harder version of Sundial. Why? For a pinnacle. I'm going to run a harder version of the Menagerie for a couple of swords. I'm going to run a harder version. Yeah, Incentive's another way of saying it. Exactly. And... This is why I think Adept Weapons can really be the key that unlocks the box. It's like, ah, finally, there's a spectrum of loot to plug into a spectrum of content. They added all those difficulties to Nightmare Hunts. They added all the difficulties to Nightfalls. And yet, other than a currency and a good exotic drop rate, there's nothing. they didn't really do anything in the Nightmare Hunts other than the time trials for Triumph. They didn't do anything in Sundial or Menagerie. 
And so if they can land that and 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 turn that key, that's when I that's this is why I use capital from the well. You get a whole lot more capital out of a weapon pool if you build adept versions of all of them because now they can be plugged into every piece of content that has that has difficulty spectrum. And instead of making a bunch of weapons that either seemingly don't matter or people kind of throw them over their their shoulder, they're making weapons that they get miles more capital out of and you get the same thing with a raid normal and adept versions no, you know normal and hard mode of the raid um it, <laughs> the, i don't know it seems like a pretty basic principle to me uh, before we move on to the next question have i missed anything on this particular idea that they can satisfy both people teddy not really uh just that the loot has to be unique i mean it doesn't just have to be weapons and armor with special perks. It could be unique cosmetics specifically, you know, to show off that you did this. Mm-hmm. You know, people will chase that. Yeah, I agree. And I I kind of included that at the end here. I didn't bang on it. I didn't I didn't ra- rail on this too hard, but I did say adept adept weapons versus normal, normal versus hard mode, and extra cosmetics and vanity items are the key to creating a well behind the wall. Like I do think that's like another Another layer uh, that certainly could be added, and they've they've been really hit or miss on that. Leviathan Prestige had the glows. There was the Nano Phoenix ship and Wrath. Like there's, they, they've never really landed it either, and they have made assurances that there will be um, there will be accessories, as I think is what they said, exotic accessories, cosmetic accessories in the raid going forward. Um, and we saw that with 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 the. Um, uh, Garden of Salvation, right? We saw that. We saw the idea that there was a harpy shell and there was a sparrow that looked like the divinity, in and and there were and there were ornaments for the divinity. Like all of that could have been and should have been in the raid. Hundred percent should have been in there. Um, so Horn Joe, you almost got it right. You got to put exclamation point question, then your question. You just put an exclamation point and then it's attached to the word what. There you go. You got it. Perfect. Nightbot should give you a response and it should increase our question count to ten. There it goes. Perfect. Um, yeah, so let's go on to the next question though. Good starter from Necro. Uh, Avenger, as a hardcore player myself, I feel like either we get too much year two or too little year three. Do you think Bungie could design a content loop that could sustain a player base for longer than a three week period while being balanced for casuals and hardcore players? Well, we've already touched on spectrum, so let's talk about timing. I think timing is an issue that year three suffered from because everything was expiring and therefore had to be absurdly generous and then there was no real true loot incentive for the harder difficulties. Since stuff is going to be sticking around for a year, I actually think that's going to give them a little bit more flexibility and elasticity with timing. So a month and a half, a month and a half into a season, they could conceivably have things landing at that time as opposed to feeling like the first month needs to be feast and then the rest of the season feels like they try to disguise the famine it's feast then famine almost every season super front heavy it's a feast for like two to three weeks and then they kind of try to disguise the fact that months two and three are kind of a famine this is why an exotic quest gets obliterated and people are like well that was lame because there's nothing else to do that's like they're they're waiting with open hands for something new to happen and I would hope they could stagger difficulty loot deepening a loot pool expanding a loot pool they could stagger that for later in the season and not make it so front heavy what do you think about timing here teddy people don't like time gate but do you think this is an appropriate way to not make it feel so front heavy and top heavy 
that that's pretty difficult uh because like you said people hate timegate i i'm i don't mind it because you know i don't play a ton so by the time i get to the level where that's dropping i've just now gotten the stuff that's dropped beforehand so if they do stuff for the hardcore and time gate it i don't know if they'd go for that but maybe make it kind of rng with a little bit of protection so that by the time the end of the month comes somebody should have that by all rights i mean i don't see a good way to get around that right well and i think sometimes time gate gets used too frequently or too freely everything is not a time gate okay if here is here is truly i think the the more maybe the more fair and more accurate way to criticize time gate come and do step one of the quest and you can't do step two for a week okay that I think is an understandable sort of frustration of a time gate. You're like, I have time to play right now. Come on. What is this? Okay. I, I empathize and I sympathize and it feels, it feels artificial. Okay. It feels artificial. And that's not the same as saying in the second month of a season, we're going to launch hard mode and hard mode will have new loot in it. Do you see the difference? I feel like there's a clear difference here. And I think sometimes we, people jump to pulling that pistol out and they're like, time gate. And it's like, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's not really a time gate. A time gate that that I believe is legitimately frustrating. And, and not that your feelings aren't legitimate, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, like they got to be able to spread stuff out. An exotic quest that's, that becomes available on week six is not a time gate. You know, it's like, okay. It, it, it may, maybe it takes a second uh, for it to get there. And listen, I don't want to... If you can't afford to do a paid membership, I'll try and answer questions organically. We did have a question from Garrison who said, I finally got the Braytech Wolf yesterday at 2 a.m. After grinding since the start like crazy, this event has really made a sour taste in my mouth for the Guardian. Do you think the same? That's a little off topic, but I think it's on topic in this way. Hardcore, casual, do you want to grind a lot? Do you not want to grind a lot? I think the Braytech and the Horror Story grind could afford to be a lot more generous. They upped Cypher drop rates, huge thumbs up, but every chest is not a guarantee. It should either be a Horror Story or a Braytech, because that's already a 50-50 shot of getting the gun you want. If you're going for Braytech, half the time you're probably going to get a Horror Story in, in my in in my estimation, right? If, if it was my system, but you, you still have the RNG of the role, you know, the potential role or whatever. Why is Bungie time getting beyond light? I, if you're, are you being cheeky? I mean, we're talking time gate. Like I'm saying they, they could potentially not drop everything in that first month. Beyond light got delayed. Are you being cheeky about the delay? I can't tell if you're, if you're being a, if you're being a goof or you're being serious. Um, oh, you're being cheeky. Okay. I couldn't tell. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I would rather people be critical of staggering content like a hard mode or a deepening of a loot pool. I would rather people be critical of that than for Bungie to to do the top heavy front heavy feast then famine format. That would be my preference. I don't do you have a preference in this debate uh, Teddy with the way that you play? Uh, the way that I play, my preference is the hard mode stuff come later let everyone get up to that level let more people feel that pull if it's match made 
it's not match made, it really doesn't matter. But if it's match made, yeah, let people fill that pool up so there's you know more people coming into that activity. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, Avenger, this is his question. He says, have content loops be longer. I don't mind the time gate that much. This is where I think what Teddy said is so important, though. I think filling the funnel and having that really wide open top. That's why I think a funnel is such a good a good image. That wide open everybody's just jumping in and playing whatever the new seasonal content is and they're having fun the funnel gets more narrow obviously because hard mode comes out people either didn't level as fast as they wanted to they don't care to maybe they don't care about harder content and the funnel narrows a little bit and then that funnel can have those staggered pieces later and as he's saying it gives people a chance to level up anyway so you don't feel so rushed you know the week one you know raid drop i am really hoping they really change the philosophy around raid launch and give us a week and a half give me one reset let me just enjoy that first week and then the second week i can start being a madman about leveling please let us just enjoy that first week no one's forcing you to jump in day one. Oh, shut up if you play as much as some of us you you want to jump into the raid day one you feel passively coerced so I don't mind the time gate, but content loops take me less than a few weeks to complete. Make a currency that locks me out. Outside of arbitrary way, that's very slow for a hardcore player. Example, make the high end of the currency rewards involve stuff that hardcore players would want to go for, but since it's here for the year, the casuals would be able to get it for the loot later. Balance it so players get the best. I mean, I think that's a recipe that, that if you read what I said here, capital from the well, you're creating a well behind the wall. There's a well of depth behind like just the basic grind and the basic leveling process that's there if you'd like, but if it's adept weapons or vanity items, cosmetics, things that are behind that currency, that slow grind, um, that's there for you to enjoy and it might take you that season. And then a more casual player, it takes them a good portion of the year to get that cosmetic item. If, if you're going to do that, I would say it would need to be something a little bit more universal. So when they do finally get that cosmetic item, it's a shotgun ornament instead of an ornament for a particular shotgun. You wouldn't want the the item to be intrinsically devalued with time because, well, now the gun's closer to its sunset date or something. Do you know what I'm saying? I think you would probably agree with what I'm saying. Like, the idea that the reward has more of a longevity. So when they do finally get that cosmetic reward in month eight of the year it still feels pretty good it's not something that suddenly is devalued the minute they get it you know like they drive it off the lot and it it plummets in value kind of a thing um because that's that looming sunset date is on the horizon not that a casual would care too much about that but i do think that would be something that would maybe potentially frustrate people so an emblem sparrow or ghost shell yeah those are things that don't lose their value just because you got them later than somebody else you know um next question table jfk do you feel like exotic drops have gotten stale over time due to the mechanical feeling of being more like a checkoff box rather than the galahorn moments that they used to emulate to the extent in forsaken the premise of this question is a bit subjective so feel free to gloss over i think this kind of touches down on what we're talking about because when you think about hardcore grind and destiny there is a couple examples. Two of those are exotics that were an inter- like a terrible drop rate. Uh, the 1K voices and the anarchy. I would say that is too disproportionate and too narrow to really... I know you're trying to emulate the Galahorn moments, 
but here's the problem the rhythm of loot content and just how often we're able to play and do certain things that feels like a record scratch it doesn't line up with everything else it worked in destiny 1 why there was literally nothing else to do or go for okay so it worked in destiny 2 it's too rhythmic um i'm trying to think of a good example it would be like okay i'll give you an example right now there's two ways to watch television shows mandalorian one episode a week not too bad my rhythm's okay and then there's the binge boom new season lands today wham and it lands and you just you consume it okay if somebody came in and said our our new show's concept is you get one episode a month people might be like whoa (laughs) that's super out of sync with what most people have come to expect i'm either at least getting something once a week or i'm getting it all at once that's way too slow the 1k voices in the anarchy were at that level of absurdity it doesn't it doesn't jive with the rest of the game rhythm it's like okay 50 60 some odd runs of a raid before getting it to drop or whatever some people got to some people got into the hundreds i think that's that's so infrequent that it seems as absurd as somebody saying our TV show is going to do one episode a month or one episode a quarter or something people would be like dude I don't care about your show if I got to watch an episode and wait that long to find out what happens next I, I don't I'm not going to do it I'm not going to care I think a similar thing happens here um I mean, Teddy, you want to weigh in here. I mean, I know people bring up the Galahorn moments. They do. They're like, we don't have those moments anymore. Rarity is a, is is a is fuel in that engine. How do you handle rarity and those type of exotic moments while also not making it to get too uh, too absurd? I'm a big fan, and this was brought up last night in in the Discord chat, which I probably assume why this question was asked is I'm a big fan of RNG protection up to a point of so many runs and then it just drops i mean even now i still don't have anarchy i mean i got 1k on my first run so rng is kind of you know just like whatever i'm not going to respect your time so if they add another level of rng protection with just say 20 runs 50 runs whatever arbitrary number they come up with that is the goal if you get that many runs, you get the drop, period. That'll keep it rare, but it will give you a goal to go for. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. That's pretty much where I land. I think a, a large portion of the community lands there as well, because, and I think it respects and, and it captures the Gallahorn experience, but obviously not to the extreme level that we had but i still think you can't have it be that extreme anymore as i said the content rhythm in destiny 2 now is above and beyond anything we ever got in destiny 1 if i'm telling you i've said this before if i could go back in time and you get two months out from taken king and i show you the content rhythm we have now and the calendars and the season pass and everything you would think that was the promised land You'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so much content. That's so much consistency of loot and new things to do and chase. That sounds amazing. Why? Because you're living in a desert back then. Like the droughts were insane. Such, such long periods of time with nothing. And I think that's where you can have that 
it's going to take you three and four months for the Galahorn to finally drop. It's okay in that environment. It's not okay when three and four months go by and you're in a new season and there's new exotics and there's new content and there's new things to do. And you're like, does anybody want to run the raid from four months ago? I sure don't have the exotic. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't work. It doesn't sync up. However, what Teddy just outlined, I think brings the spirit of those Galahorn moments without the record scratch like dissonance that we have right now where everything's reasonably accessible and grindable and then you have people who have been running these raids since they launched and they still don't have the exotic from that raid and the rng protection i i know it feels a little mechanical like you know around your 20th or your 30th run you're going to get it but that doesn't take away from those exciting moments where you get it way earlier than that some guy gets it week two or three. Oh, he's going to be very excited because he knows the drop rate's really low and it's going to take a while to, to, to push the drop rate up by not getting it. And I think that would be... That's the way to contextualize the Galahorn feeling without creating an environment that feels foreign to the current content rhythm and the current, you know, the loot rhythm of Destiny. That's not it anymore. So if you want to contextualize the Galahorn moments and have a moment where you're like, yes, it has that feel of really rare, but really, really good. I think that's the only way you do it is the way that Teddy just outlined low drop rate that gets better over time. The more you don't get it, you only apply this to certain things. I, I think you, that's the way you say we want to honor that feeling without it, without it being so disproportionate and so it just feels out of place. This also works with a hard mode, I think. Because you're grinding up to get the better things, to get the better perks, to get the better stuff, to go into the hard mode. Then you go into the hard mode and the guns and the armor get slightly better and maybe the drop rate on the exotic gets higher in that environment. Which is another way of honoring what has come before and also incentivizing people kind of climbing that that content ladder. So rain the dark with the next question as a hardcore spirit but casual in playtime I find myself feeling unmotivated due to how rigid and irritating the current leveling system is I just want to level and grind for the new raid weapons why have hardcores argued for harsh leveling when it never applies to them well interestingly enough um, this is consistent by the way outside of just you know video games in general but the people that argued for that didn't stick to their guns because once they once the shoe was on the other foot and they experienced the slow leveling and the crappy leveling, they decided that it was bad. So it was all good when they were playing season to season and could kind of just glide over all the pain points. They were destiny rich, they had all the currency, they had all the play hours. But they took a couple season break, came back, they got everybody hyped in the summer, everybody came back to play that dungeon, and they had to go through the terrible leveling that they advocated for for all those uh, all those years and all those months. And uh, they, funny enough, they, they changed their position. Some of them have tried to rewrite history and have tried to claim, you know, they were against infusion from the beginning, which isn't true. Um, it again, it's it's consistent. It's a consistent form of dishonesty, and it, it, it it's it's par for the course with these people. I think in general. I've always advocated since Forsaken, I have not changed my position on leveling. It should just sort of happen. 
it should be an automatic thing remove those pain points so that people can play content i've said this since black armory i said it when the uh, the, the the tower event was was higher level so people had to level or they saw skulls I said it during the contact public event I said it during the dungeon day one launch I haven't changed my position once on this because I think the hardcores that argued for it argued from an incredibly biased and jaded position where they didn't understand this is something I always try to communicate was that you're arguing for a pain point that doesn't touch you you're like, it's not that bad. I glide right over it. It's like, okay, then what's the point of the pain point then? Because all it does is it disproportionately rolls downhill. It's like a snowball rolling down the hill. The more that leveling goes down the hill and hits the people who engage with the game lo- at a lower interval, the bigger the snowball gets. It's just like, it's going to take me forever to level. So they made good changes in year three. They raised the um, they raised the floor on the soft cap. They made it a little bit easier to backfill, and then they added the artifact for automatic leveling based off of XP. Um, I think they just need to go to slot leveling because slot leveling is already in the game. It already considers your highest equipable as that slot's level. So just do it and get rid of infusion. We don't need infusion. Uh, and that doesn't mess with sunsetting, by the way, because you would still have something capped at, you know, 1050. And if you equip a 1050, it would pull the slots level down. Everything else, the 1050 weapon would be immune to the slots level. The slots level can't affect it because it's been sunset. It wouldn't be hard to implement. Um, and I think if you do that, you get beyond this idea that like leveling is content and you get people into content that's content. Think about everything we've been talking about. If you have a spectrum of engagement and you also then have spectrum of content and spectrum of reward, it doesn't matter if the entrance point is really easy for people to get into because it's the beginning of the journey. It's not the end. And the problem is, is when you only have normal sundial, I mean, you had hard sundial, but nobody really cared about it. You jet, you basically only have normal sundial. Well, you only have normal tower event, normal contact event. Of course, you got to put a little bit of a level on there because if not, it's like, that's all there is. But, if there was normal and hard mode and you had to level up for hard mode, it makes perfect sense to make normal just really accessible. Just walk in and play it. And then you can also make leveling automatic because the destination's out in the, di- out in the distance and they can slowly level or quickly level and then go for the, the harder content and the better loot. Um, I mean, you said you've been on both sides of the fence, Teddy. Regarding leveling, have you change your position or has your thoughts what's your position on leveling look like as you've switched sides of the fence as far as engagement numbers uh pretty simple leveling isn't content it should just happen it's you just do the thing you get the drops you get boosted up in level slot leveling should totally be a thing uh it's i mean it's not fun there's no reason other than level uh you know having a power cap on an activity that's the only reason it's there yeah yeah and i i think leveling can serve a purpose but it i don't know it so if i'm understanding this right you basically level up automatically in a certain slot if you get a piece of gear that has a higher power level it levels up said slot that's exactly right that's exactly right. The game already does that. When you get a 1060 heavy, as far as the game is concerned, your heavy slot is 1060. You don't even have to equip it. The game's already doing it. It's already doing it. So what do you end up with now? What happened this morning? My my, I was running strikes. 
and my Wardcliffe was a 970 something, and I've got 1038s, 1047s, 1050s, 1060s, 1059s. What the heck? Who? Why? I don't get to celebrate having 1060 heavy. I don't get to celebrate being 1060. My leveling's all over the place. It's all over the place. You know? Slot leveling streamlines it. And listen, it wouldn't make leveling any slower, by the way. When I hit 1060, I hit 1060. All you're doing is is eliminating the need to, like, infuse everything else up and and why. You know, oh, I guess I could have depth of loot in a dungeon or a raid, but generally you have one loadout that you go with for that content once you figure it out. Anyway, Mike on a mic. I didn't see your $5 tip through Super Chat. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, I don't know. I The system's there. We don't need infusion currency anymore. That currency is used for a variety of other things with respect to master working your armor or, you know, leveling up items and things like that. We don't need, inf- you know, upgrade modules just ship all that down the line and simplify leveling and again if the content's not so compartmentalized public event strikes seasonal content and then it's like dungeons and raids if it's not so compartmentalized if there's more of a spectrum that you can gradually go up on then leveling being automatic makes sense you still need to infuse a weapon to increase its damage against harder targets right as I said it only matters if I want depth of gear in the end game 80, 80% of the game, I don't need to infuse anything. I don't. You know? I, <laughs> it only it only matters in one particular area. And then it's just frustrating. It's like, well, now I need to get 1060. Then I gotta go run milestones to get a 1060 reward to literally use as a currency. At that point, my 1060 drop is a currency. It's a way to take my gun up to 1060. It's not even a loot reward anymore. I... The the entire endgame of Destiny is being turned into a currency grind. You grind Grandmaster Nightfalls for the currency. If you want to infuse all your gear up to have depth of gear for a Grandmaster Nightfall, you got to get all your gear to 1060, which is essentially a currency grind. That's all we're grinding for in the endgame right now is currency. So, I I don't know. It needs to be a whole lot more uh, streamlined. And then it would be about the loot. I want to get an adept version of this gun or an adept version of that gun as opposed to currency and infusion fodder. Uh, Next question from Anbu. As a hardcore player, I enjoy difficult and rewarding challenges, but Bungie has been really weird with how they design certain aspects, giving casuals a really weird growth pattern to endgame content. Do you think they'll streamline this for Beyond Light? We just kind of touched on this, but... As far as are they going to streamline this for Beyond Light, we don't have a lot to go on. We know we know they're streamlining new player experience with a thing on the Cosmodrome and a, a new NPC and he's a, he's a fire team looking at Hive and people think it's Aldrin. I think they're reaching. Uh, there's literally no reason to think it's Aldrin yet. And if it is Aldrin, how did he suddenly get into a fire team and become in charge of anything? But that's beside the point, I guess. Um, but I don't know if that's going to serve as a springboard into streamlining leveling or making leveling better. Between now and Beyond Light's launch, that's one of my big questions. I have like three big questions. Okay, number one pertains to leveling the artifact and bounties. Like all those are kind of wrapped up into one topic of like, what's leveling going to look like in year four? Number two, are you updating the gun system at all? Is it going to match the weapons and the ghosts with an energy level and some level of customization? Not crafting a god roll, but customization with mods and such. 
And then the third is what in the frick do we get for the $10? Like, we're slowly seeing what we get for Beyond Light, but what comes with the seasonal $10 purchase? Since, for the first time since ever, we're buying both the expansion and the season separate. This is the, They've never done this. They didn't do it in Forsaken or Shadowkeep. So those are my three big questions. Um, as far as streamlining this in Beyond Light, Teddy, do you have any predictions or thoughts about what they're going to do, you know, in, in November? I I don't have any predictions on what they're going to do because I have no clue what they do because they change so much. So this is going to be the the DLC that they do on their own and they said they're making it the way they want them destiny to be. Mm-hmm. So it all rides on this this DLC and this upcoming year of seasons on how destiny's going to look. I hope they add more spectrum of difficulty in some more variety of ways, be it in different activities or more challenging, different planets, more challenging like dreaming city was at the beginning and stuff like that. But who knows? I I can't, I can't read those tea leaves. Yeah. I think right now it's hard. It's hard to know. Um, I don't think that they say the dude is an exo bulldog. Um, in the, in the TWAB, somebody would have pulled that out and shot down the Aldrin theories pretty fast. I've not seen anybody direct quote that TWAB that that guy's an EXO. Um, if he is, then we all missed it. <laughs> we all somehow missed it. Uh, that we said <laughs> somehow that 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 new guy is a, is an EXO. So. LL Brood with the next question. I am 100% a hardcore min-maxer. I believe Bungie should cater and develop content to the hardcores first, then take pieces of the content and cater it to the casuals for an easier, not as powerful pathway, like adept to non-adept prestige raids. Okay, so you're... I like where you're going with this. You're saying it another way. I'm talking about getting capital out of existing content or new content and, and new weapons by creating that spectrum. You're talking about doing it the old-fashioned way, which is the best way, by the way. Creating hard content first, and then ratcheting things down for normal. They did this for the King's Fall raid, which to date is the best spectrum and the best transition from normal to hard mode that they've ever created. They have never, in the history of the game, created a better spectrum. They haven't. They have simply not. Leviathan, the Leviathan and Leviathan Prestige was close, but it was in a double primary era, so it kind of sucked. It was pretty bad. It was close, but the hard mode King's Fall being created first and being toned down for normal, they've never done it better. Wrath was okay. Wrath was more of a quantitative difference. More monitors, smaller monitors, uh, more bombs, more servitors. So there wasn't, that wasn't nearly as thoughtful as what they did with King's Fall. King's Fall, in some respects, going from normal to hard was perfect there's a, there's something there that I think there's a beauty and an art form to what they did back then that they haven't done since so when whenever I look at the content I, I, I try to remember that and say that like design hard first how far can we take a team how far can we push it this is one of the reasons why that I think contest modifier is a really really good condiment on the meal and what I mean by that is if you make it to where I am max level and I'm always seeing swords it creates a level of intensity that all 
requirements, mechanics, and and combat decisions have to be filtered through that. They have to be filtered through that intensity. And I think that is a great, great element that's lacking. Right now, it's like we go from third to sixth gear and we skip four and five. It's like, it's so, it's such a sharp shift. So contest modifier in Grandmasters doesn't land in the way that I see it landing. Um, so I, I think that's how they should do it. I think creating hard first, seeing how far they could take it. And then you dial it down for normal is perfect. And then you also ask the question, how far can we take it? How hard can we make this on the player with respect to things like light eater nights and other, other, other plates and mechanical requirements. If they do that while you are seeing swords so you're kind of having that intense threat of potentially dying, so you've got to pay attention. There's a level of intensity that gets lost without that. I'm telling you right now, as soon as you're at level or above level, that intensity just evaporates. Garden of Salvation boss, when Contest was on, and we came back the next day and fought him with Contest off, it was like a different encounter. It didn't, it didn't feel the same, it didn't flow the same. So that's how I would do it. Um, uh, and I... I call it turning off my brain. Yeah, I call it being a lead-footed dum-dum. You can just be a lead-footed dum-dum. You can just stand there and not move your feet. There's no intensity, and you're just taking tons of damage because as soon as those swords are gone, man, it just doesn't feel you're not really under threat. Um, you have to be oblivious. I mean, you got to be oblivious to die in a lot of these encounters once you're at level. I mean, you have to literally just stand there like a, like a complete buffoon to let yourself die if you have reasonable recovery and you can get into cover i mean it's you got to try to die or something weird happens with physics i mean this is why we die so more so much more often to physics because as experienced players you're really good at avoiding death and you get flung and thrown into a wall so I, yeah i don't see anywhere in the post to say he's an exo no it doesn't if it said he was an exo then I, people would have deduced it i don't think there's anything a clanmate told me he read exo somewhere i yeah i don't think so i died four times in spire of stars because the boss landed on me y'all made fun of me for that yeah i know i remember that moment i think that was that was one of my more proud moments in destiny 2 is making fun of you in that raid I, that's that's Hall of Fame level, you know, content. Um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, when you think about this this element of design, Teddy, where they make the hard first, then normal, and then you think about what we have in D2, where do you find the content landing with respect to feeling like there is a good spectrum and a transition from normal to hard or, at, you know, from master to grandmaster? Well, one... Or the ordeals, it give us something positive in the modifiers, please. For God, that it, it's terrible. But uh, design hard first and then tone it down for normal is the way to go. Maybe even add a, a third tier inside that so that you know there's a, a definite progression. You know, hardcore grinders will skip over the, the medium level. But that would give another spectrum for people who are better than a normal raid, but they don't want to do the super hardcore. I got to pay attention and sweat really bad to get this done. Mm-hmm. And and if they did did that, that that'd give I think raids more interaction. Yeah, 
yeah we've we've talked about this before how i think there's a stigma about raids and dungeons and if there's a normal mode i think psychological players are like we could take a crack at normal let's go see you know it's been out for a couple weeks and let's take a crack at normal and i think you're right you could have normal hard and then challenge and challenge mode could be literally when contest mode gets turned on and that's when you're required to do more in the fight or do something different in the fight and then that that contest sword delta threat is there to bring the intensity so yeah i actually agree with that i I always kind of forget that there ultimately could be three tiers normal normal hard and, and challenge and challenge mode would be where that contest gets turned on and they're like okay in this particular encounter you know in the vosik encounter his challenge mode where you have to basically stay alive you're not allowed to melt him remember you had to you had to detonate every room with a charge so it made it a challenge of endurance well you go into that Vosik fight and you're seeing swords everywhere and that contest modifiers on man that would have been a really intense fight that would have been a tough challenge it would have been hard a lot of people would have been like yeah I'm passing on that this week you know I don't feel like doing it um and I will say in in total you know in in synchronicity with everything we've said this morning you gotta have a loot motivator for that challenge mode if you're going to make that third tier, contest is on. It's tough, man. Ooh, man, this is not going well. Man, you got to have a good motivator there. Got to have some loot. Do you have a no raid engagement had been since the removal of hard mode? Just don't see them bringing it back or making another tier. I don't think that's the only reason that they would look at it. I think they've been experimenting with it. Um, I think they've been uh, experimenting with it. Nightmare Hunts and Nightfalls, I think, are an example of them experimenting with uh, adding back uh, tiers of difficulty to content. And uh, I don't know. I think Contest Modifier is something that could really start to pay them dividends because it's not <laughs> it's it's not that hard. You just turn it on, and then people naturally feel like a greater threat when they're in the content. You know? Fally says, Is it possible to have hardcore activities have matchmaking or does the inherent nature of hardcore activities require self-made fire teams? I think we have enough content and enough experiments in the realm of you know different types of content and different things that they've done. I actually think we have enough of that in the bank to come to the conclusion that it would not work in the, in the realm of what we truly think is more hardcore and more challenging. I don't think you can match make it. Um, imagine matchmaking the current dungeon. I just, I just don't see it. I, the needed communication, the needed team synergy, syncing up, like, um, either of the current dungeons or, you know, the raid. Now, here's what ends up happening. Okay, we get spoiled. You guys watch me beat a dungeon or a raid with almost no comms, with a bunch of people who could raid with the blindfold on practically, right? And you think, oh, come on, dude, you could totally do matchmaking with that. In the weeks after that they patched the Menagerie glitch and the more hardcore player base vacated Menagerie, matchmaking into Menagerie was rough because most of the people left were more casual, were a little bit more on the absent-minded player spectrum where they're just kind of playing and just not looking around and not paying attention to anything, right? You get in though, you get in there with those those lead-footed people and it is rough. And menagerie is literally not failable. All 
all mechanics are visually clued, that was something Luke Smith talked about, the way they get away with it, right, is everything's visual. It tells you where to go. It shows you what to do. I can't see matchmaking landing here. Teddy, do you have a different perspective on this with respect to where can matchmaking work and not work? Matchmaking cannot work in raids and dungeons and trials, period. It will not work. And this is coming as a fairly casual player. I'd like to do raids, but I can get people together to do a raid if I really, really want to. Uh, I've done LFG before. It's not terrible, especially if you use the PC Discord LFG. Uh, but matchmaking and raids is a, is a big no. Big no. Well, we're getting a little pushback in chat. Stock is saying, there's no difference between LFG and matchmaking. Um... I, I mean, I think at face value, you know, that's not necessarily true. You can't really substantiate that claim. I mean, I, I understand the essence and the spirit of what you're saying, but it just simply is not true. There is a humongous difference between, you know, no mic newbie clicking matchmake and somebody having to go pick the raid, pick the platform, put their gamer tag in, and they got to go through those steps to get there. I understand, yes, at one level, in essence, you're playing with a bunch of random people, but there's a significant difference between that and removing all barriers between matchmaking and just letting somebody push a button. Like, in spirit, yes, you're kind of right that it's just a bunch of randies playing together, but... There's just I just do not think you can you can say that matchmaking in the game. I can just go push a button right now, doot, and then me and five other people get thrown into a raid. Saying that's the same as LFG, I just don't think you can really stretch that to be true without kind of I, I think it gets absurd to at some point. Um I had to be the guy with that, just curious. Well yeah, and what what did Wheezy say? Uh, you can vet LFG posts versus matchmaking with literal. Yeah, 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 that too. Because you can look up somebody's gamer tag. You can look up their track, their, their their track record as a Sherpa or how many completions they have. Obviously, you could do that in a pre lobby. You get matched with a bunch of with a bunch of people for a raid, and then you could go check everybody then. But again, there's no barrier at all. You're just Deek, let me go in. Um, I don't know. People would disconnect like crazy. Yeah, what do you do when somebody disconnects? What do you do when somebody rage quits? Somebody goes AFK? Now listen, listen, listen. That all happens in LFG. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that like LFG is a, is a, is the best and most purest experience you can have. But matchmaking would I think increase all of those things. So They could upgrade their uh, their engine and not take away that people stuff that people paid for. Well, I mean, I don't I don't want to sound super mean here, but maybe go work for them and tell them that. If you think it's that simple, then why would they not do that? <laughs> like just fix your engine bo- forehead and don't take away content forehead like I I'm fairly certain that your your feedback and solution is understandable if you're irritated about stuff leaving or whatever, but by and large what's leaving gets very little engagement and also I'm confident that if it was as simple as you're making it, it I don't think that that eludes them as a solution. 
Can you believe it? All we had to do was push this new engine button, and then we don't have to remove anything, and all we have to do is push this dedicated server button. I mean, it's not a game that's been in existence for five or six years and was developed probably in, you know, early 2010-11 time zone, time period, and, and then you got all the different netcode that they built back then that made sense for peer-to-peer, because at the time they were building for the 360 and the new consoles, and that infrastructure is largely the backbone of the entire game and would need to be rebuilt. Like, you can't just be like, yeah, just click new engine forehead. Like, it's not that simple. Um, so, uh, Matt Ben with the next question. Why is it hardcore players seem to have the mentality that casual players should quit the game? Second question. Why do us Gambit fans get hate too? Can't we all play whatever we want and as long as we're having fun? Well, to the first half of your question, um, I don't think that the hardcore players are the only guilty parties in this debate. I think both sides take their turn saying you ruin the game or you're bad for the game. I mean, streamers and content creators and hardcore players have been blamed plenty of times for things in the game. And sometimes, you know, the shoe has fit. (laughs) If the shoe fits, right? It's like, well, you know, they did ask for EP to be made harder and they wanted leveling and infusion to be costly and slow. And by and large, that influence in the game has not been good or well-received and has been largely removed for the last year. Um, but I don't think it's just the hardcore players. And also, I don't think a lot of hardcore players are like, yeah, you should just quit. I think a lot of the times their mentality is, if you don't want to take the time to level, play, get better, and come up here and get all this stuff, then why are you playing to begin with? I know that's not the nicest way to phrase it. They, they are, in essence, telling you to quit. But I also don't think they're being like, just quit. Um... Don't feel bad. Everyone says PvP are the reason. Yeah, you know, PvPers are to blame for all the PvE nerfs. You know, that one too. And then your second question with why do Gambit fans get hate? Can't we all just play? Here's the thing. Gambit fans probably get unjust hate, but hear me out, all right? They added a game mode that hasn't captured the majority. It has captured a minority. So more than likely, you're going to run into more players who look at Gambit as a wasted development effort and it's just taking up space in the game. And to a certain degree, I 100% kind of resonate with that. Uh, you know, long term, and I don't like doing woulda, shoulda, coulda. You guys, not, you guys know I don't like doing that. But, you know, long term, woulda, shoulda, coulda, if they went back in time, all the development that they put into to Gambit and all the time they've made and the changes and the updates and the maps, all that could have been put into something else, okay? But that's a pointless discussion. I, I'm just trying to give you maybe a reason why people are like, I hate Gambit, Gambit's stupid. Keep in mind, leveling is a giant frustration for the player base, and Gambit is kind of a part of that journey. If you really want to maximize your leveling every season, Gambit's in there, and it kind of adds fuel to the fire of Gambit dislike. Uh, So, Ted, if you want to weigh in here, I mean, he's saying hardcore is telling casuals they should quit the game, and then secondarily, why do Gambit fans get hate? Uh, The hardcore players telling people to quit the game, that's not hardcore players. Those are douchebags. (laughs) I'll just say it. They're, they're not hardcore players. They don't love the game. They don't love the people that play the game. They're just trying to gatekeep and keep people out of their exclusive content or something. I don't know what their issue is. Uh, there's some casuals that do get irritated, but it's mostly at those hardcore players that are telling the casuals to quit. Now, onto the second question on Gambit. 
it's just because I don't like Gambit. I don't hate people that play Gambit. I just don't like Gambit. That that's just it. It just tilts me. I'm worse than you are. <laughs> so, needless to say, I don't maximize my leveling. I don't play Gambit, and I rarely play Crucible. So, the I, PVE is my thing. Yeah, I'm in a similar camp, and I think sometimes people project. I think people hear me or you or anybody, we rail on Gambit, and we criticize it, and you take it personal, because you're like, dude, you know, come on, I like Gambit, you know, and you, so some of this might be some projection, where you hear me just shred Gambit, and you're like, but I like Gambit, what are you hating on me for? I'm not hating on you at all. I'm not. You know, I think it's terrible. I think it's terrible content. You know, if you like Reckoning, me railing against Reckoning isn't me hating on you as a player, if that makes sense. Uh, Ink Toxicant. As a hardcore solo player, I've noticed that teamwork is a wider divide between playstyles. Can Bungie ever fully bridge the solo fire team divide? Should this divide even be bridged? I mean, I, uh, I don't know if you how to bridge this. I do think you're always going to have a pretty sharp light switch where there's a humongous difference between matchmaking into like a sundial or a strike and a raid or a grandmaster nightfall or a dungeon. I don't I don't see a way to bridge this gap because if you're used to kind of playing solo and not using a mic and doing your own thing, that's dope. That's gravy. You go right ahead. But you're just going to go into content where that doesn't work. Trials, dungeons, raids, and Grandmaster Nightfalls simply are going to struggle to function without some level of communication and synergy. And I don't know a way to trickle that down so that it's more apparent that you need like team w- teamwork in content. Um, yeah, okay. Guided games is good to bring up in the grand scheme of the discussions happening right now because, you know, chat's kind of having a bit of a debate about matchmaking and all of that. Listen, guided games is a is a dissonant funnel. You need two types of players for the guided games engine to run. The first type of player is you need the, I guess call them a needy player or uh, the player that needs to be helped. And then secondarily, you need willing teachers and knowledgeable players. Well, all the willing teachers and knowledgeable players, they have all of their stomping grounds and technological solutions, so they're never going into guided games. So your disproportionate funnel turns guided games into a a needy player hangout where no one ever finds a raid. Um, so... Nobody needs a mic for dungeons. See, but again, you're speaking as a jaded player. You cannot go into a dungeon by yourself, no experience in it, or you have a, 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 a rough idea of what needs to be done and just play with other two other randies and get it done, right? If you're going in with people who autopilot it and run guillotine and just blitz through it and they know what they're doing, you are using an incredibly biased sampling of the player base to say, oh, you don't need a mic to run a dungeon, okay? I could sit here and grab a bunch of people from the chat and I can run garden and I can we can say nothing to each other and beat it. For me to then conclude you can run garden with no communication, it's got to be one of the worst scientific ways to draw a conclusion ever. 
it's a super super suspect sampling of the player base you're not sampling the player base at large trust me you sample the player base at large and you go into a dungeon with no comms you're gonna be there for a while okay you've got a very jaded biased look of the game and you play with folks that are just way way too familiar with things to truly get a grasp of what it would be like to go in with a couple of blueberries and no mics like i just it would not it wouldn't (laughs) it wouldn't go well you know and this is why listen i know this firsthand because when i did raid service streams i would go into wrath of the machine and king's fall and it'd be me and two ringers so half the team was either needing help or slightly clueless and that's all it took half the people being less experienced and not knowing what they're doing increased fail rate significantly and it never failed you'd always have those folks coming like this raid's not even hard what the frick is their problem and it's like okay if (laughs) if you put together the same jigsaw puzzle each day for a week and then somebody else gets in front of that jigsaw puzzle and it takes them longer than you you can't be like are you kidding me this thousand piece jigsaw puzzle is a joke it's so easy well yeah you're super familiar with it as soon as you see certain pieces of the jigsaw puzzle you know where they go you've done it so many times you've got the muscle memory you've got the sound cues memorized you know exactly what to do and when to do it and so this is one of the reasons why commentary about the end game of destiny and the hardcore content can get really really muddled and confused because super experienced players say things say things about the content that are just inaccurate because you're so so biased and jaded you've done it so many times you forget your day one you forget the first couple of days where it was rough and you guys were wiping and struggling and Look, go Sherpa, go Sherpa five people through a raid that haven't really ever run it before and (laughs) go do that and then tell me it's really easy. (laughs) You know, um, you're it's you're running with the same team and experienced players from LFG all the time proves literally nothing. It just proves nothing. Um, I it I don't know. You want to weigh in here, Teddy? (laughs) Oh, you pretty much said it. Uh, I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no comment. It'll get it'll get ugly. Okay. All right. We'll move on to the next question because Teddy Teddy Teddy's gonna Teddy's gonna get mean, and we don't want to mean Teddy. Uh, Horn Joe says, "What is your acceptable amount of hardcore content loot that should be added each season, year, cosmetics included?" Okay. This is one of the things I tend to not do. I don't come up with a a list or bullet points or I don't have like a list of demands here are our list of demands I don't do that because it's unlikely I'm gonna get get everything out that I want you know when you know your parents can only afford so many things for Christmas you're setting yourself up for failure when you ask for 10 nerf guns on Nintendo and 18 video games like it just didn't gonna happen like here's my list of demands mom and dad and they're like yeah we can afford two of these things for you um I look at Bungie in a similar way. It's like, I know about how many presents are going to end up under the tree you know, every expansion. <laughs> now, I will say this. In relation to my final point, capital from the well, if every weapon, if every loot pool, if every activity had spectrum, that's way more capital. So the gun they add, if imagine they add four or five guns to the Vanguard loot pool. 
and they get better if they drop from master and grandmaster guess what they just did well they got more capital out of those guns instead of saying here you go here you go vanguard playlist here's four or five weapons and you know they're all pretty basic and okay oh oh okay what am i gonna do i'm gonna ignore them I'm going to ignore those guns. I'm going to say, what the heck? I don't care about all those. I care about adept weapons. The same thing's going to happen in trials. You know, if you're more of that hardcore persuasion, you're really going to want to go flawlessly at those adept versions. And this is why I consistently say, whether it's existing content being repurposed, new activities or new loot, they should always ask that question. Can we add spectrum here? Can we make multiple uh, diff- can we make multiple layers of difficulty here? Can we make uh, you know two two versions of the gun? So there's a reason for people to climb that difficulty spectrum. You spend all that time making the gun. You spend all that time making the content. Get more out of it. You know, um, I I I think that's that's my uh, so I'm approaching this from a philosophical place. I'm not getting like down into specifics about well quantitatively. I think that I need two of every archetype, uh, approximately every six months. I just don't get that specific. I think there are people that are getting that specific. They think that that Beyond Light needs to be a monsoon of you know 200 weapons or something, and it's like. Mm, yeah you're probably not going to get that now I consistently think they're keeping their cards close to the chest and there is going to be a really good loot injection in in, in November and I hope I'm right because if not I think there will be justifiable criticism about like you guys really didn't deepen or expand the loot pool that much um, and we're, we're hoping to see that do you have any thoughts on this city like it to you do you do you think now here's an acceptable amount of content or loot cosmetics Etc. Etc. I'm sorry. That should be added every season or expansion. To the hardcore content. Yeah. Uh, I would do two, two, maybe three weapons per activity. That's hardcore, and maybe a two cosmetics, be it uh, an ornament or a shell, sparrow, ship, ghost, and anything like that would be fine. An emblem, but. You can't expect more than that per season. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I you could do it the way that Teddy's saying. Um, I, I, I'm just gonna keep pushing them and being like, look, if you're gonna make 26 to 30 weapons a season, they all need to have alternate versions for the harder content. Um, you're gonna get more out of them. You're gonna get way more out of those weapons, uh, and potentially more playtime out of the player base. Uh, there's there's good reason to do it. It's not just because you're trying to satiate the hardcores. You're trying to get more uh, capital out of your bandwidth, more capital out of your development hours. So, Quad with the next question. Do you think casuals and Johnny No Thumbs are enticed enough to go up the ladder to become more hardcore and dedicated? This is the ticket. If they get a weapon and it's dope and they know there's a slightly doper version or a really cool ornament or decorative thing or whatever for it, it's more likely they're going to do that. Are they going to do that if there's literally no reason to? I don't know. Sundial? Like, there's, there was no reason to go up. There was none. So, you, you get, you, there, there's got to be a catalyst. Now, not catalyst in the way that you're thinking, like an exotic catalyst. There's got to be a catalyst or a bridge. There's If, if not, then <laughs> they're just like, no, I got the loot, I'm done. 
you see a shinier version of it, you might be enticed to be like, you know, let's let's try it. As I said a little bit ago, oh, let's take the, let's we could probably do a normal raid, guys. Come on, you're talking to your clan mates. We can try normal. It's not hard. It's not challenge mode. It's normal. Right now, it's raid dungeon. It just lands and it's like boom, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. There's more of a psychological inroad. If it's it, oh, it's normal. Let's try normal. You know. Let's, let's take a crack at normal. Um, we've kind of already touched this. I don't know if you have anything to add to what I'm saying here to Quad's question, Teddy. The, the only thing I can add is some people that you're Johnny No Thumbs, some of them don't don't want to engage in that hard content, period. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you give them, so they're just going to stick where they're at. But, yeah, you can entice people to get up that ladder with adept weapons it adds another perk or a mod slot or something unique about it that makes it cool and more powerful and better to have but other than that i don't really see a way to get more people up the ladder i think that's an excellent point you have to remember sometimes there they won't climb the ladder and that's okay too that there are just going to be people that are like i don't care the gun's cool it goes boom boom and the reload sounds neat like that's all they need they they just want to do looties and shooties is what i call it looties and shooties they're just going to be shooting stuff and and getting stuff and that's all they care about they're never going to climb your ladder they don't give a hoot and a holler about the fact that there's an adept version of a weapon they don't give a frick they don't care about your ornaments they don't care about any of that and that's okay Man, they're a lifeblood. I tell you what, that's a, there's a, that's a lot of players that, that I think that Teddy just described. They're just like, yeah, that's fine. This is good enough for me. And uh, that's okay. That's why I think Spectrum is, is such a... It's such a one-size-fits-all answer because that player is totally happy. And then the players in kind of the middle of the road, you know, they want a couple of those cool things. They're happy too. They can slightly climb that ladder. You're super hardcore. You're going to dive in, get into the hardest, go for the best, go for the stats, go for the, you know, the tip of the top of the pyramid. And so then everybody feels that their time in got an appropriate and, and proportionate payout for their, for their investment, you know? I think I think that's why it just works. Um, this yeah, is why. Me, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Let me hop in real quick because I have a buddy just returned like a month ago, and he's been playing, and I cannot get him to give up his scout rifle. He plays with his scout rifle. We do patrols yeah. and strikes, and that's all he wants to do. And he's been having the time of his life, and he just enjoys it, and that's all he wants to do. So yeah, they're out there. I mean, they're out there. Well, and that's funny too, because like he doesn't have. Sometimes I think we get archetypal, uh, archetypal avoidance syndrome, right, in our brain. We're like, yeah, it sucks, and then we don't use it. And then every once in a while, I've thrown a scout on for bounties, and I'm like, this is fine. It's totally fine. People are like, what scout is that, Lono? I'm like, oh, it's this one. Because why? Well, I'm in a strike or a public event. So it looks it looks, it looks, looks like it's getting the job done. Because it is. So he doesn't have that archetypal avoidance syndrome yet. He doesn't have this aversion to, ooh, scouts. Like, we all hear that and we're like, what? You know, he's running a rocket launcher too, I bet. You know, it's like, <laughs> he doesn't care. He's, he's just, he's doing looties and shooties, man. 
Um, I've run a rocket launcher in strikes and been like, oh, this isn't bad, especially if it lines up with the singe and the heavyweights on. It's like, oh, okay, this is this is fine. Um, so yeah, you, you, those bottom rung players are just bless their heart, right? That's what you have to say about them, you know? Bless their heart. <laughs> they're they're down there just doing their thing and they don't care. And I think that's great for the game. And that's why Spectrum is so important. Because if they feel there's a variety of things to do in Chase, then the depth and the quality doesn't matter. To them, see, this is why oh, this is such a this is such a killer point. Think about it like this. Quantity matters the most to the bottom rung player. Okay, quality matters the most to the top rung player. And as you go up the ladder, they trade places in importance. It's like, man, quantity, this is great. There's so much to chase. Lightleaf's rolling and roll. He's like, you know, he's going to come in here and beat me over the head because he thinks quantity is more important than I make it. I'm not saying quantity isn't important, but I'm saying quantity becomes less of a value the, 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 the higher up you go on the echelon. Why? There's a particular build, particular stat lean, or a particular role in a weapon that you care about. You don't care about the quantity. You care about the quality. And the more you value the quality, you, st- you, do, you still care about quantity, but it gets lower on your priority. And the same, and the inverse is true for the casual. If there's lots of guns for them to chase, that to them is the value. Oh, there's so many weapons. This is awesome. They don't care about the god roll or the perfect stat lean. They're just like, nah, this is good. And so those things trade places. And this is why, this is why spectrum of content is so important because you throw all those weapons in the game and in all those activities and a casual is just playing and getting lots of stuff and as you climb that ladder quality starts to matter more you start chasing the adept you start chasing the perfect role and you are getting out of it what you're looking for and so are they and that's the crazy thing is you're in the same content you're chasing the same stuff to to a certain degree and yet the the value transmission to the consumer is completely different it's totally different. That's how you do it. That's how you. That's how you land that broad spectrum of player playing. So, I, it, that's why I've just I've, I've been banging on this drum since per, maybe Forsaken, uh, definitely since Shadowkeep. So, Teddy's gonna take a quick break. We got four more questions though, so I'm just actually gonna roll it and go to the next question, and then he can, he can let me know when he's back. Uh, Fett says, for adept weapons, is it time that Bungie goes all in with the idea of if you want top tier weapons, you need to run end game activities, or would there still be too much pushback? See, everything I've been saying, and they're asking for a thousand likes. We're super close to rolling over to a thousand likes. We only need like 25 more. So go for it, chat. Let's hit it. We hit over a thousand viewers. I think over 1,100 viewers today. Huge banner day. We announced the SNTR Network website, sntrnetwork.com, as the central hub for all my content. Repeat Theater, Rageous Roundtable, all of it. So thank you guys so much for the, the, the banner day for the big announcements. I appreciate it so, so much. Also, it's free to click subscribe. Um, if you click subscribe on this channel, it's free and you won't miss the alerts of the announcements. It's an interactive podcast. Monday through Friday, I am here having conversations with you. So thank you so much. Um, so this is why everything we've been talking about is so important. If you can get... Okay, so let's take... Let's just do a test case right now with an activity and a weapon pool. All right? Let's take Sundial as an example. All right? There was the Steel Feather Repeater Auto Rifle that actually is a pretty good auto rifle. And in normal mode, it would drop. It would have all those cool potential rolls. It's a pretty dope weapon. And then in my world, in my destiny, 
hard mode sundial lands and there's better versions of steel feather available in hard mode adept versions of steel feather okay slightly better extra perk whatever whatever the frick you, you want it needs to be measurable but it doesn't need to be like night and day I don't I don't want it to suddenly feel like a miniature exotic in comparison but it's better the reason this works is because you could look at that player and say all right listen <laughs> you can get the steel feather you can get a great roll it's a solid gun no one's keeping you from that roll and if you want the better version go up into hard mode and get it okay it works it builds a bridge number one it builds a bridge of value and quality in their mind they're saying oh okay yeah it's slightly better. I'm going to go up and get the better version of the Steel Feather Repeater because, oh yeah, I, I like the gun. I've gotten to use the gun. You've given them an inroad. They've gotten to get the weapon. They've used the weapon. They've tried it out. And they're like, yes, pretty dope. I actually am now motivated to chase the better version as opposed to it either not existing at all and everybody gets basically the same version of the Steel Feather after about a month or two. We're all generally chasing similar roles. And that's fine. But then that's it. That's the end of it. That's the end of the road for the Steel Feather. That's the end of the road for the content. When it comes to raids and trials, I think that's when you just have to tell people, this is a particular loot pool, and there is a particular set of dope stuff about it that you can't get anywhere else, and that's just the way that it goes. If I think you get a lot of goodwill and a lot of you get a lot of uh, uh, capital from the community if there's lots of loot, lots of spectrum everywhere, and then it's like, well, yeah, obviously there's adept trials and raid weapons that you can't get anywhere else. Here's what ends up happening, and this is why I think Spectrum's so important. It's like, here's the stuff down here, and then there's raid gear. And it's like, and here's the stuff down here, and there's adept trials, and people are like, well, I don't care about any of the stuff down here. But if there's more of a ladder of content and a spectrum of the gear itself, then I think people are less likely to feel like, well, the only thing worth chasing is the raid gear. I'm saying this for myself too, by the way. I would love to step out of the raid for a while and go grind for an adept seasonal weapon in the seasonal content hard mode. I I don't want to just chase raid gear either. Listen, I'm, I'm agreeing with the casual player here to a certain degree. I don't want only great weapons, and, and Wheezy's been big on this. You can't put all the best-in-class gear in the raid and, and, and adept trials. There needs to be some good gear in the rest of the game. You know? Lono grinding something? I know we make jokes about how I don't play that often, but, dude, like, I played a lot when there was stuff to grind for. Remember the, remember the Love and Death grenade launcher? I got god rolls on all the loot from Sundial. I mean, I know we get cheeky and make fun of the fact that I don't play. I actually play the most when there is a roll to chase. And so, I, I don't know. I, I I agree with the casual player here. I don't want only the best gear, only the dopest of stuff to be in the raid. I want it to be, and this is why I think Spectrum of Loot is so important. So you don't, you, you shortchange content if all it has is basic gear and then that's it. That's the end of the road for it. Um, Teddy's back if you want to add anything to what I'm talking about here. Okay, so what I'm getting from this is that only the best weapons can come from the top end activities, which I don't agree with. Uh, like you probably just went on for like 10 minutes about there has to be good weapons in every pool. There has to be great weapons in every pool. There has to be crap weapons in some pools, but the top tier pool should have the better of the weapons, the better perks of the weapons, but there still needs to be really good stuff in every other pool or people will stop going 
to the other pools, period. They'll just stop playing. Why would I yeah. play if I can't get a good roll on this? Yeah. I think what you could do is picture it almost like a Venn diagram. Okay, you got these circles that are slightly overlapping. So if I get the literal best roll of a gun in Strikes or Nightfalls, and it's a depth and it's got some cool perks, at its absolute best, it would overlap with Raid Gear a little bit. But then Raid Gear, as you go and grind and get the absolute best and the absolute god roll and it's a depth and all that, it starts to kind of maybe leave behind. You create this spectrum of oh man, this gear is actually really good, but I can get slightly better guns or slightly better whatever if I were to go up into the heart of content, but you don't have to. Instead of it feeling like this giant chasm between, yeah, the gear down here is basic and sucks and only the best stuff's up there, you create like this Venn diagram where the baton keeps getting passed up. Yeah, the Trials guns, this is pretty good. I got the God roll and it slightly overlaps all of the adept versions of it because if you get a crappy roll on an adept gun it's still going to be crap right but then the absolute god roll adept kind of leaves it behind if that makes sense wheezy says it prevents grind burnout if you only have one system to grind versus multiple we have the game you'll burn out a lot faster raid for a few grind strikes nightfall for a few grind trials for a few exactly hey did we hit 1k yet 1k 1k likes we did it you guys are the best. Thank you for 1K likes. Push it a little bit further. Give us some cushion. Thank you, everybody, for pushing the like button today and subscribing and, and, and supporting what we do. It's been a huge, huge day. It feels like we're turning a page, man. It really does, and I appreciate it. It was a uh, it was <laughs> it was a dark summer, chat. It was a dark summer, and it feels like light's breaking in, and we're ready for Beyond Light. So... Um, alright, Fally with the next question we got a couple questions left you say adept weapons need contextual power but is that enough? why do I need weapons from a raid that only help me in a raid this doesn't turn casuals into hardcore only feeds the hardcore this is a slight, I don't think you're doing it on purpose but this is a little bit of a misrepresentation of my position on it um I have said the gun should be unique and close to best in class if not, it's okay to sometimes have a best in class weapon in a raid, not all the time but yes, sometimes close to best in class or best in class it should be hovering at the upper t- upper echelon of the weapon archetype and how good it is and uh, unique as well think Genesis Chain with Focus Firefly and some of the other Wrath weapons, they were unique okay and then in addition to that it gets like a nice capstone of contextual power so Fatebringer and Vision of Confluence were great primaries but they also had Oracle Disruptor Right? Where do we find this info that you're reading? You can't find it right now. This is mine. This is my tool that Creature built for me. This will get turned into a blog post that will hit the SNTR Presents website, which can be found on sntrnetwork.com, where we're going to be putting all of the content. So if you like to read blogs, listen to the videos, eventually there will also be audio versions available there. We're going to give you a one-stop shop for all the content. And this is a tool he built for me to type my outlines ahead of time. So we have a blog for repurposing content. It's good for data crawlers. And uh, it looks really clean, too. So Creature did a a stellar job. So this will eventually be available as a blog post. Um, So yeah, I I think that contextual power is a capstone. It's It's not the central piece that matters. It's like, oh yeah, it's contextual power. It's got... It's not like... 
it's not like the fate bringer was like garbage but but oh hey it came with oracle disruptor no that was a great gun and it came with oracle disruptor you should be able to say both of those statements oh yeah this thing is stellar a god roll ooh great weapon and it also has xyz contextual power that makes it strong in the raid i think you actually achieve this with a raid mod slot so the gun, maybe you're even changing the mod activity to activity. I mean, what do you, how do you think they should handle this, Teddy, with respect to that contextual power, a gun being better or stronger in the raid? If it comes from the raid, the extra power or perks that it has should apply to that raid. That, that was the best system that they had. It just did better in the raid. And I could see multiple different ways they could go about that. They could do it with mods. They could do it with an intrinsic perk or maybe an armor mod. I don't know. It It's hard to read exactly what they're going to do, but they're going to do something, and I, I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, that's one of the things, that's one of the questions I have. Are they going to talk about the weapons update as well as consider, like, adept adept echelon like what's going to make a raid weapon or a trials adept weapon what will make it stand out i'm actually genuinely curious so all right let's re- let's go through these last couple questions about uh, a little bit quicker because we are at uh, an hour and a half that's fine by the way co-host q a and sessions like this tend to go a little bit longer listen if you're listening to this and you're like man this is this is i like this content it's it's interactive it's like a podcast it's safe for work Make sure and click subscribe, all right? Make sure and click subscribe on this YouTube channel. That supports me without you paying any money. It's free. If you want to become a paying member, click join. Uh, The membership tiers, there's tier one, VIP, and then the upper tiers that allow you to do a co-host. VIPs can call in, which we're going to go to that session in just a moment when we're done with the written questions. So if you want to click join and pick VIP, do that. Tier one is five bucks. It gets you emotes, a badge, and perks in the Discord. So thank you guys that support directly with paid memberships. But really, all we ever ask for is a subscribe button pushed and the like button pushed. It helps. It really, really helps uh, everything. Like on the website, looks really clean. Thank you. He did a really stellar job. It's very, very professional looking. Uh, Clap for you says, don't you think an exotic quest would be more valuable? If it were finding sections of the weapon to build for both the casual and hardcore casual players, giving a longer stretch to complete the weapon. I mean, I don't typically go down this rabbit hole very far, and and here's my reasoning. Exotic delivery is all across a spectrum. You get Wither Horde for showing up. Uh, You have Xenophage and Divinity that require endgame puzzle full team you know dungeon raid uh then you got whisper and you got outbreak then you got uh devil's ruin and then you got the bastion the the spectrum of exotic delivery is um is pretty broad so i don't argue for a particular type of preference so what you're outlining here that sounds fine to me but i don't think every exotic quest needs to be like this Every exotic quest cannot be the same. They've never done it that way. Some are their own dungeon. Some they hand to you. Some are in a raid or require you to run tons of raids or solve a puzzle in a raid. I don't go down this rabbit hole for that reason. Uh, I don't think there is a... um, There's one way that's better than another. Um, Do you have anything you want to say to this, uh, Teddy? I'm pretty much in the same line of thought that... We have so many different ways to get them, uh, but they do need to have a few more quest style, not quest style, but 
a couple randomy drops from the world, a couple randomy drops from the raider, higher end activities, then a quest style one, and then just a random drop from wherever. It doesn't matter. A season pass, I don't care. Just mm-hmm. put them in the game and have them drop somewhere somehow. Yeah, I miss exotic world drops. They're cool when they happen now. Like, you hear it and you see it, and obviously, for most of us, it's just armor and you're checking the stats. But I do miss that, too. I don't really have a perfect way to do that. I agree with the sentimentality, though. I'm like, yeah, there's something really cool about that. Maybe once a season, they could say, hey, there's an exotic world drop, and, uh, yeah, they can just kind of drop anywhere. It's a pretty saucy little gun. And then when you get it, you're like, yo, no way. And, you know, that, that brings that excitement. It doesn't need to be crazy low drop rate either, you know. Uh, Toss has said to skip question 15. It's already been answered. So we're going to the last question from Noble. What do you think about giving casuals a way to get really powerful loot by a very slow and grindy progressive way to acquire them? Example, after 500 strikes, a casual can choose between the 1K voices or the anarchy only one at a time. I get where your heart and your head's at, but I'm like, nah, no. Uh, it depends. You picked the wrong targets here. <laughs> 1K and Anarchy, you, you overshot, okay? You overshot. It's like when you, you know, you ask for a raise, you overshot. You know, you ask for too much money, you're going to get shot down. So in this, in this situation, I would say this is what pursuit weapons are meant to do. They're meant to scratch this itch where it can be pursued in Gambit, Crucible, or Vanguard. And... They're, you know, they're supposed to be good weapons. Um, I don't think the pursuit weapon's going to be anything to write home about. I think they've kind of lowered the the strength and the prominence of them over time. Even when they describe the the new pursuit weapon, they didn't describe it as a standout weapon or a particularly strong weapon. So, I I wouldn't expect it to be that stellar. But I think they've already got something kind of to scratch that itch. But I don't want somebody just slamming out strikes getting a 1k or an anarchy certain weapons have to have their place of origin respected and those would be some that i think would fall into that category um you know every once in a while maybe giving them like a token to take to zur or something i I could see doing that or or again just dropping an exotic you just got to be really really careful here because you can start to get rid of categories and compartments that i do think are good Uh, if the game is too compartmentalized i don't like that we're like kind of what i've been talking about how all the loot down here is crap and all loot up here is great there's this giant chasm between them i want to erode some of that but i don't want to erode it entirely to the point that it's like muddied and it's like well i you know i ran a hundred raids never got that and this guy over here just you know no brained afk whatever strikes and he got a 1k like you got to be careful with certain elements of this um just want to let you know, I love the site, only airs the roundtable schedule. It says 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. Okay, we can fix that. Thank you, uh, Agent. So, final thoughts on this question and the subject as a whole, Teddy, as we kind of end this session. Hmm. On this one, I would say that it depends on the tiers of exotics, because you have different tiers on your exotics. You have your must-have exotics, you have your pretty good exotic, and you have your interesting exotic that really isn't that good uh so depending on the tier i could see something like that working but the those top tier ones like the anarchy and the 1k no nothing like this just have a different method and i'm 
pretty sure we know the method they're going to go with with old exotics you can get it from the kiosk how that's going to work we don't know or we're going to have to grind some kind of currency to get it mm-hmm. we don't know is it just going to use the exotic cipher we get from the season pass so other than that anyone that uh let's see how can i say this without ticking everyone off <laughs> i don't think i can but there's a casual mindset and there's a hardcore mindset and they don't always line up, but usually they do because I'm fairly casual. I don't go into the end game. I used to, I know how it works and it really isn't a casual versus hardcore thing anymore. Those hardcore people that put down the casuals, they aren't really hardcore. They don't love the game. Otherwise they'd see that the casual player is loves the game too, just plays it in a different way. And that's fine. And the hardcore player plays it in a different way, and that's fine for them. So it, it's just a big circle of people that don't like themselves, I guess. I'm not sure. They don't like the game. I'm not sure what they're getting at with the hate on each side mm-hmm. because it shouldn't be there because everyone loves the game, and they should be able to play it the way, the way they want and get loot. Not all the loot, but they should be able to get some good loot. I mean, that's the point of the game is to shoot things and get loot. And that's where I stand on that. Yeah, and I think those are good thoughts. I think a lot of the times we need to remember that people will people will weaponize anything uh, to be unkind. And we just need to remember, like somebody identifying as a hardcore a- or a casual doesn't necessarily represent that entire portion of the player base. And social media and forums and Reddit it's very easy to hijack and 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 do things in a way that it's they can claim it's by passion or love but a lot of the times it's sort of the opposite and uh if it's if somebody's totally lacking of empathy and understanding and kindness and they're just sort of berating and shredding uh the forums and all the various places to congregate as a community member then i just I take those people with a grain of salt. I it, it, I always use this example of after a bungee stream, we had like, you know, 2000 some odd viewers uh, and there was two people in chat being being negative Nancy's and somebody remarked and says, man, why is chat getting so negative? And you see, it's like it can become it can eclipse the rest of chat or the forums or whatever that negativity tends to seem larger than it is. It tends to get more attention um, this this stands to the test of uh, what content gets clicks. How, how people uh, are weaponizing, you know, cancel culture and mob mentality on Twitter. All of this is used in a way to it. It's it doesn't take a lot of people to take negativity and make it bigger than it really is and weaponize it. And I think a lot of the times that happens in this discussion, in this debate, because as it says right here on screen, I mean, the opening of my talk you can have a casual amount of hours and they only play the hardcore content. You can have a hardcore amount of hours, but they only play the more casual content. There is no concrete definition of a hardcore or a casual. And so generally that's why I've always argued for 
give us a spectrum because there's a spectrum of player. So we're going to transition to VIP call-ins. If there's VIPs that want to call in, we'll take a brief break. I'll sit here and talk with you. So if you're in the live audience, don't go anywhere. If you want to join us, you can become a VIP on Patreon or here on YouTube. Just click join. As always, it's free to subscribe. So hit subscribe and the bell button. Smash the like button. Give us more cushion on the likes. A stellar huge day. If you're listening in any of the other locations, this does hit all audio podcast formats. As always, you can catch us live at saynotorage.com or if you want all the content in one place, go to sntrnetwork.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. If you're listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents, this is going to be the VIP call-in session that happened after my discussion of hardcore versus casual. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast audio platforms, you can always catch us live at saynotorage.com. If you'd rather have one central hub for all the content, SNTR SNTR Presents Repeat Theater and the Rageous Roundtable, just go to SNTRnetwork.com, a brand new website to hold and house all of the content that we make here. Teddy will be joining us for the call-in session as co-host. He co-hosted the Q&A. Say hello, Teddy. Hello. And we are going to go with Avenger first. Had a bit of a time constraint, so we're going to let him take the first call-in. Go ahead, sir. Yes, so um, I talked about a little bit in chat. Um, the biggest thing, so you know, we're talking about in casuals and hardcores and how that plays into the content of the game and how a lot of people have a bad connotation towards casuals. A big thing to me is that when we're talking about leveling, which is already in a bad state, that Pinnacles used to feel, at least beforehand, at least when it was um, when it, Pinnacles first got released, it was only for endgame content. And then they put it towards having, you know, strikes. You play three strikes, save a subclass, you get a Pinnacle. You do this, and you do four Crucible matches, you get a Pinnacle. Stuff like that to me seems counteractive to the point of what Pinnacle Gear at least was setting out to be. Uh, you know, th- I don't know what they're trying to plan with it now, but at least to me, I always thought, you know, this is for the endgame players, this is for the hardcore players to go and feel rewarded even though it's an arbitrary number it still makes you feel rewarded and gives at least some sense of aspiration do you think they should move back towards making pinnacle level almost like a hardcore concept instead of making it so not only do we have to worry about well how our casual is going to get to 1060 it's more of well if casuals want to get to 1060 they have to kind of step into the end game content so you're you're questioning whether they should perpetuate the pinnacle plus 10 grind yes i think that pinnacle should be tied to only end game content so your raids your master um nightfall stuff like that because to me there is no reason to expand the accessibility of 1060 because there is no reason for that if you're a casual player there's no reason for you to hit 1060 there there is no reason and i don't feel like making it Making something that I bo- I believe was meant to be for hardcore players casualified in the sense of players being able to get pinnacles and every other content loop they want to go for, which I mean, that's fine if you want a normal level, but for me, pinnacle level should be for the end game hardcore players. I I wonder though if it's might maybe we're misreading why they added pinnacles to strikes, gambit, and crucible because in your mind those shouldn't be accessible there because a strike milestone is an end game so there's a a difference there there is if you're hitting legend like you're playing comp you hit legend and fabled you know you give pinnacles there because you know that's some kind of accomplishment right Mm -hmm. but to make it so i can sit down go afk in a strike 
have the same subclass on, and after three of them, get a pinnacle drop to me, that doesn't, that shouldn't be a thing. Well, I always look at the intention of what they're doing, and the intention of that, I think, was to help the people that do care about it. I don't necessarily think a casual player is moving the needle to 60 at all if all they're doing is is a strike, gambit, and crucible milestone. It's a plus one, and you got RNG also taken, you know, taken into effect. So, if they were to do that, if they were to side with what you're saying, because I don't necessarily have a problem with what you're saying. If like, okay, well, the only way to get the plus ten is to go into is is going to hardcore content. Then they got to make that grind less stupid. Because I think they did that to literally soften the edge of the plus ten grind. Because it's just absurd. Like, you know, there's no smart RNG. You'll spend weeks. My my hunter was my highest, and he got passed up by my warlock. Why? Well, my hunter got landlocked and cannot get a helmet to drop. Um, and I was doing dungeons to try to get the helmet to drop. So, I. I agree with the condition. It's like, okay, sure, take pinnacles out of non-pinnacle, non-hardcore content, but don't make the pinnacle grind as absurd as it is right now. I think that's what... I actually think that's why they added the plus ones. I don't think they're trying to give it, um, like, an accessible inroad to casuals. I don't think that was their intention, at least. Yeah, I mean, the thing to me is, it's a content... Like, the concept of it, to me, just feels like, okay, well, this is for hardcore in-game players to me that's what you know the release of it was and whether it was to make it easier i think they should have made it they shouldn't have focused on let's just expand it out there um they should have focused on okay well let's give it so hero or um the whatever i think it was the heroic um sundial is when they added that plus 10 and then i think that i think it was that season they added i'm not 100 sure when they added the um plus ones but if that's the case don't tie the plus twos to that and make it so it's more difficult to do that and then have different ways have different avenues and then they also need to expand the loot pools those are the three things that i think they need to do they need to make it so it's four hardcore players they need to expand the loot pools so i'm not doing a raid and getting four energy weapons and i'm being landlocked like your hunter was because i can't do anything i think the concept of it is a great idea I think that if they implement either a smart RNG or at least broaden the loot pool, so it feels like, okay, well, I have all these loot options to get to. I at least feel like I can get an option because right now, if I only need a heavy, I'm not running the raid because it doesn't have a heavy. But if there was a heavy, an energy, a kinetic, and all the armor, I'm going to run that just to try and get it. I'm going to run every single pinnacle every week because I know, well, I have 15 chances to get all this loot. And... Boom, I'm going to run every single one of those 15 chances. It's going to make players play the game more. It's going to feel like every single piece of content at least has some meaning. And I feel like that's what a lot of at least some of the endgame content is missing is raids don't really have much of a meaning outside of exotics. Nightfalls don't have much of a meaning outside of currency. Like, it doesn't feel like the loot in it has any meaning. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I totally get where you're coming from. I, I'm curious. What do you think, Teddy? Teddy, should they should they really break it apart so you only get that plus ten in the hardcore content? Uh, yeah, I think so actually. And this comes from someone that doesn't do the hardcore content. I'm not concerned about getting up to pinnacle level. I'm above powerful right now. I'm above that cap, but I'm like two levels below i'm not going to get to it by the end of the season unless i just go stupid hardcore grindy but i agree with avenger that 
uh, the plus one pinnacles, uh, it's not real. It, I don't think they really should be there. I think there needs to be more sources for plus two pinnacles in more in-game activities for them. Even if it's like seasonal activities like we've had, like we have right now, but they need to have more avenues to get that. Because right now it just feels like they're time gaining them. You can only get this pinnacle, you know, these pinnacles once a week, three times a week if you run all three characters. Yeah, and I mean, Rain uh, in chat is saying, that the plus one pinnacles were added for casuals. Go back and read. Go back to the worthy twelve where they mention it. I I, I would want to read that because I think sometimes people misinterpret what Bungie says. I'm not saying you're doing that. I just I've had people say that to me before, and I go and read it, and I'm like, yeah, that's not really what they're saying. So it, sometimes I think sometimes players read what they want to read or see what they want to see. Again, I'm not accusing you of that. I just I always love to read the direct quote before I make a dis- like a a conclusion. Um. Let's set that aside, though. I don't have a problem with plus 10 being exclusive to the the dungeon, you know, Master Grandmaster, raids, trials. I don't have a problem with that. I think that the grind in and of itself is is bad. Like, leveling is bad, so the pinnacle, the pinnacle grind can't be good because it's built on a bad foundation, would, is how I would look at it. Um, I that's, that's how I look at it. It's like, it's built on a bad foundation, so until they fix the foundation of leveling then this discussion is going to be hard to land on a good solution a holistic you know right solution because you're trying to build on like a it's it's like a shaky jenga tower it's like this thing's going to fall over it's shaky it's fragile like you can't you pivot one way or the other and it's going to seem weird like why would suddenly grinding 1050 to 1060 be easier than the actual grind to 1050 if they if they do a really, really nice, uh, you know, RNG base for the top, you know, that final 10. Uh, so I would, I would streamline leveling, make leveling more sensible and then build on top of that so that if you are going for that plus 10, it's not ridiculous. And then it makes sense to have limited opportunities or limited avenues for that plus 10. If the leveling itself is not so bad, I guess that's the best word I can come up with. I don't want to go down the, the rabbit hole of, how to fix leveling, but I do think it's, I think it's really hard to come up with a solution here. Um, or in your case, you're not necessarily trying to come up with a solution. You're trying to institute a standard that you think would be better for pinnacles. I think it's hard to institute that standard on top of a system that has so many, I think at least from my perspective has so many flaws. Yeah, it it does have flaws. And I think, I think I'm thinking of it more as we have this bad system. How can we make this bad system slightly not that, a uh, slightly more appealing towards <laughs> players? And that's kind of the concept where I'm I'm hoping that leveling changes happen. I've been beating the drum of I, I I'm still calling it now. They're gonna bring back the old leveling system, the old XP leveling system. I, I want to see I want to see it come back, and then I want you know I that's you've heard my talks about that before, but the I, w- I want to see that, but this is me just saying, okay, well, if we're not getting that, this is what I want to see. And I feel like that's kind of where I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm thinking of multiple things on what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Donut says, go back to leveling where it was forever 29, 30 was the pinnacle. You got it in game places. I mean, I am actually very much against, against that. I think the leveling, they've, 
it, here's here's the crazy part about it. I think they're the closest they've ever been to getting it right. <laughs> it doesn't seem that way. It doesn't seem that way. But I think they're the closest they've ever been. Slot leveling is in the game. You just can't see it. It's not efficacious. It's purely a way of measuring your level for drops. So slot leveling is kind of already here, and and uh, gear based leveling with a with a raised soft cap has made it better. Raise it a little bit more so it's always at your level, so you're automatically backfilling. Uh, make milestones repeatable uh, week to week so you don't get stuck. Uh, and then you could do the pinnacle thing where only the plus 10 comes from certain activities. Um, and then cap the cap the artifact at 10. So there is a hard cap, a cap with the bonus 10, and then a cap with the bonus, bon- like the pinnacle 10 on top. So there's a bonus... 10 and the pinnacle 10 that you can get on top of the, the the hard cap at 1050 or whatever that you know whatever it is um that to me would be you know the right way uh to do it in i don't know in in general in general if they don't if they if they completely jettison the entire leveling system and go to what either avengers advocating for or some people in chat I would be kind of like, why did we go through all that then? <laughs> why did we go through the Forsaken evolution, the Shadowkeep evolution, just to be like, yeah, just get this, to, just 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 jettison this out, just get it the heck out of here? It, to me, that would be um, that wouldn't be an iteration, evolution, or an improvement. It would be just another risk, another another uh, pendulum swing that would likely come with pitfalls and problems. I think it's unavoidable. I, I don't I don't think you would be able to do that without creating more problems. I think you probably run the risk of it being a smoother process by using what's already in place. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is I feel like there's a difference between having a system and then trying to fix the system and when it can only get so far and then having a system that it can be it can be above the original system that you have. Or you, like you said, you're jettisoning a system, and I believe I believe they had it in Forsaken. I believe they had it in Forsaken. I think it started in Shadowkeep, but I think there's having a system, and then when the base of that can only go so high, and then having a new one starting it completely, you know, just have a new clean slate, and then starts there, and then that system once it once we get through those pitfalls will be higher than the original system's base high. That to me, I think, is what I'm looking at. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think there was another thing I actually wanted to hit on real quick mm-hmm. for um, you brought it up about you know locking the artifact behind 10 levels but do you think that having you know th- this also goes on top of my pinnacle being solely to end game have raids be exclusive have raids have disabled artifact power and then have them so when you're 1060 when you, you can feel the 1060 in the raid you can feel your power level increasing in the raid instead of going to go farm bounties to make sure my um even at the 10 power jump you know even at soft cap you're not your pinnacle power isn't going to even matter that much do you think that possibly having disabled artifact in the raids could help mitigate at least some difficulty going forward ah i kind of feel like i i don't dislike what you're saying but i also feel like i'm gonna be the broken record here and say you don't have to do that if contest is a thing. If contest is a modifier for hard mode, you don't need to disable the artifact because you always go in and see swords, no matter where you are. Because um, you're you you could certainly do what you're saying and get there too. 
I would, but I, I still, I don't know. I really, really like the intensity from being killable. I don't feel killable once I'm at or above level. It just, it's see, it, it, you lose. I will never have the dungeon feel the way it did. It felt that day when we built, beat that bowl encounter and we were seeing swords and it was tough and you could die quickly. I, that was just, that was the right rhythm and the right tone and you go in and you miss all of that it's like if you've ever um there were these nintendo games i forget which one it was it might have been it was one of the mario games every menu you went into added an instrumentation to the song it was actually really clever so by the time you got like four or five levels deep in the menu there was four or five instruments playing and it sounded pretty cool and as you backed out it obviously lowered it and that's kind of how I feel like that that content feels like there's all these instruments playing. There's the mechanics, there's the enemies, there's your loadout, there's your health, there's your recovery. And all this instrumentation is creating this song that you can hear. And then when the minute I'm at level or over leveled, the threat of dying, the power of the enemy, all those all that instrumentation gets basically muted and I don't hear it anymore. If you've ever been where they're like doing sound checks and you can't hear somebody's guitar or the bass or vocals or something and they're like, "Yeah, it's too quiet in the mix, turn it up." That's what it starts to feel like. It's like this content has a lot to it that gets muted and flattened the minute I'm overleveled. So I don't have a problem with what you're saying if they just turn off the artifact whenever I go into a raid or a hard mode raid or something and and then as long as they maintain the threat I want to see those swords I don't I don't want to ever be able to over level for the hard mode I don't want to see skulls and get one shot I don't it doesn't need to be absurd um but I think Contest Modifier achieves this in an easier way. They don't need to do anything extra. They don't need to take anything away from you or disable anything. You just turn on Contest. And you go into hard, and you're going to see swords the whole time. I don't care if you're 1080, 1090, or 2000. Doesn't matter. You're going to see swords. And it's it's a way of keeping things at a threat. Um, and here's the thing, because Firefall Films is saying something that I think is important. To me, Contest Modifier is just an annoying damage gate, artificial difficulty setting, rather than an actual mechanical challenge. Hear me out on this. Satisfying a mechanical challenge while under the threat of actually dying makes for a better, more intense, more robust engagement. The minute I'm satisfying mechanics and there's almost no threat of dying, it doesn't have the same effect. It just doesn't. That's the actual happy medium I'm striving for here. I don't want to beat you over the head with a skull contest modifier where you're getting one one tapped. I want you to feel the threat of death while trying to do a mechanic. That's why that bull encounter in the dungeon is the example I use all of the time. I go in there now, it doesn't even feel like the same encounter. It feels like an absolute joke. Even without guillotines, it would feel like a joke. It just isn't hard. You'd, we just kill, grab it, bam, you know, slam it. Kill it, grab it, slam it. And there's, there's no threat of death. I'm, I'm constantly just taking damage in that room now. Especially when it's a small room like that. Uh, I've talked a lot. Do you have any thoughts on this? In Everything we've talked about, Teddy. I'm just going to have to go with YouTube because I don't do in-game content that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah. fine. The, um, the, the best example I used for something where you know something was very difficult and you didn't have contest was last wish when i played the first encounter day one right and i was i think i was about 10 under the power level right yeah mm-hmm. those thrall 
were the scariest things I have ever experienced in my life because they would go up and they would two or three tap you and you had to make sure every single one of them was dead because you were dead. Mm-hmm. And contest, and th- this is me coming from someone who uh, did Crown of Sorrow first day, that contest modifier it feels nice and it feels like, okay, this is a big, you know, this is a big holdback, but having contest feels like okay well i'm never going to get to the point where i'm at least a little it's a little easier other than executing mechanics which is fine but i also like to feel and this is also the same reason why i don't like oryx i like to feel like the gear that i'm getting and the gear that i've gone towards matters and i don't i don't want it to be well the final boss is at 1060 so i'm gonna try and get to uh so when i get to 1060 i'm out leveling it i want it to be the final boss is at like 1075 i'm 15 under it if i'm 25 under it doing the encounter is already at the contest mode but if i go and i grind every week go do all this stuff i'm at 1060 it's a little it's easier it's easier i'm not i I can take five shots instead of three you know something like that where it feels like the gear really does matter that you're leveling in the game matters because right now it doesn't right now it doesn't at all i think my only pushback is I'm okay with that to a point. I think normal gives you that feeling. This is why I think it's so important for there to be normal, hard, and challenge mode here. Because I think what you're saying is true in a normal environment. I'm getting stronger, I'm better, I've got stronger gear, and it's having an effect. Okay? I'm going to make a parallel to Trials of Osiris. When you get to Game 7 and winning Flawless, the true determiner of who wins and goes to the lighthouse is the team that's better. There is no sort of, oh, could we be slightly stronger? I've really put a lot of time in. My guns are stronger. My build is stronger. No. They can kill you as fast as you can kill them. There's a threat. There's an intensity there. And I think that Destiny lacks that intensity, and we got it in in small doses here and there, but I think you could bring that intensity in the endgame by saying, this encounter will always be this tough. It will never be easier because you've been grinding or got better loot. Now, you'll become more efficient and you will certainly be better at it the better loot that you get, especially if the raid has sort of an internal mechanic of getting mods and getting guns with intrinsic perks that that make you feel stronger, like Oracle Disruptor in Vault of Glass. So that element would certainly be there, but similarly to Trials there would always be that the enemy would be a threat. I don't think there's a threshold in the end game where we should be like, yep, nothing's a threat now. In the same way that Game 7 of Trials, if you're truly going up against another team who's Game 7 and is also good, they're always a threat. I've seen plenty of teams turn it around and lose to a team they should have beat because the other team just rallies and and responds and, and, and brings the hurt and brings the pain. And right now, the only environment we have that maintains a sense of like a threat is Grandmaster and it's just sort of disproportionate sloppy it's like a two by fours to the face there's just there's no night there's no dynamics or nuance to it so that would be my argument sort of maybe not necessarily against what you're saying but more modifying how you're approaching it is I'm fine with having a sense of power and progress especially if I'm grinding normal to get good stats and to get good gear and to get a good loadout to go into hard mode but hard mode needs to maintain some semblance of a threat and I think contest is an easy way uh, to do that and contest can go hand in hand because it locks you at 25 under or you know whatever you want to do it because I know there was a soft one with prestige or whatever but it locks you a certain at a certain level but if you're not at that level you're even more underneath it so 
that also kind of goes hand in hand where you know you're going to be locked underneath it but you're not even going to get to that lock unless you level up with mm-hmm. pinnacle level and if the artifact's not enabled then you're it's going to be requiring you to actually level your gear yeah and i have and i have felt that difference in content when all of a sudden i mean the, the newest dungeon's a great example of this when i went back and suddenly it was no swords, no swords, then swords. Instead of like sword, sword, skull, like the further we got, it was like, oh, okay, I feel a difference. I feel a little bit stronger. I still got to pay attention. I'm still getting my head taken off by an ogre or something because I, I, I'm seeing swords. But the intensity was there. It just got a little bit lower. I just, I feel like the intensity completely evaporates. And that's the biggest thing. I, the fact that I can go, <laughs> the fact that I can go into a brand new dungeon, feel almost zero sense of intensity, do it without barely paying attention, and then I can go into a Grandmaster Nightfall and get absolutely obliterated. I just feel like we're lacking, we're just lacking a spectrum. The dynamics and the and the and the gradual nature of content, it just isn't here, and I would love for it to be here. So yeah, that, that's really all I got there. I gotta I gotta head out, but yeah, that's uh, some of the stuff I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for calling in, dude. Appreciate you. All right, good talking to you. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Teddy didn't. Teddy didn't say much. Teddy's a casual, you know, so he didn't say. Uh, yeah. Much. Casual. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I don't know if Wheezy's back yet, so I'm gonna go to Infinite Rest while we wait to see if Wheezy's back. Infinite Rest. What do you want to talk about today? Sorry, I'm here. <laughs> he's co- he's I'm running sorry. across. He's running across I, the room. I got a, I got a wireless headset, but a a boom mic, so I had to run from the bathroom there real quick. <laughs> um, so well, uh, go right ahead. I, I wanted to talk about, um, and this is something that I feel like you feel pretty passionately about, is uh, ritualizing and uh, creating cyclical content in uh, Destiny, and how um Bungie tends to create you know content and then throw it away and really they should be focusing instead of on you know making a new game space each season you know and then creating systems for that and then tossing it to the wayside after the end of it instead focus on creating a system that uses and takes advantage of already created content putting that on a cycle and a rotation so that you can use that and essentially the game can run itself. You don't have downtimes like we're going through right now of no content. Um, and it's it's something that Bungie has really kind of moved away from, it seems like. Like we used to have some sort of weekly cyclical content in Destiny 1 where there was like the Queen's Court. Um, you know, there was the gunsmith doing something each uh, a couple weeks. You know, there was Iron Banner. And, you know, then we had faction rallies. And recently we had some other stuff in uh, Destiny 2 that happened. But all of these systems, Bungie has created them and they play with them and then they toss them to the wayside. And I think that they should instead create a weekly system where each week, you know, there's a different featured thing like Iron Banner. You know, we've got a week of Crucible. Next week, maybe do something with Strikes, then Raids. You know, have that happen on each week. And then once you've moved through all that content, rotate it through. And so it's hard to kind of describe this. So I created a little, uh, just while we were going through uh, the... Um, Q&A section, I created a little chart. Um, I threw it in the meme chat if you want to look at it. Um, But it it just lays out, you know, how they could have a week dedicated to Strikes, Iron Banner, Raid. You know, do that each week for eight weeks. There's enough content in the game that you could focus on a category of the game for that. Mm -hmm. And then have maybe a a modifier on it. So, you know, on a separate schedule of rotations, maybe there's Arc Week happening this week, and then the next week is, you know, an Arms Week where there's a featured loadout of Bow, Shotgun, Rocket Launcher. 
Now all of the bounties for say Iron Banner, which is the Crucible theme, you know, the bounties in there rely on you using bows, shotguns and rocket launchers, or maybe they're arc focused ones, you know? And so it's about creating systems where Bungie doesn't have to create content to make it feel fresh. It's about making the content they've already created feel fresh. And it's a lot of things that like a lot of MMOs do where they have, you know, week, like this is what's new this week. You load in, you know, this is what's fresh. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like they're going in a, a weird direction. No, I see what you're talking about. <clears throat> excuse me. You're putting meat on the bones for, I draw a distinction between repurposing content and simply reusing content. So an example mm-hmm. of reusing content would be, hey, here's an exotic quest. Go run three strikes. Okay, you're not repurposing strikes. You're just reusing them. It's like, go run them, okay? Yeah. That's fine. Well, that's fine. You can have a checklist sometimes that I got to go do this stuff. And people hate it, but they're going to do it anyway. It's just part of the game. Repurposing content is it's part of why I say, like, get more capital out of what you've designed by... <laughs> changing it, updating it, and adding a loot incentive. And I think modifiers are a great way to do this because, you know, a, a, a strike feels very different with, you know, Rainbow Burn and, you know, uh, what was the thing they did? <clears throat> it was like mayhem for strikes in D1. It was a daybreak. Yeah. Daybreak. You know, the, the, the strikes felt very different. Who cares if we're burning the strike down? It doesn't matter. You're burning the strike down no matter what. It, it feels fresh. It feels different. The snowballs. Mm-hmm. You know, they added snowballs. So, it, I... I think what you're getting at is exactly the point is if they had a spectrum of loot and a spectrum of content, mm-hmm. you just change the loot season to season and, you know, a couple of guns. And then obviously there's a normal and a depth version of all the guns. You got some modifiers. You got some things that make the normal version of the strike or the harder version of the dungeon or whatever feel different. And then y- it it's a rejuvenation or as they said, a reinvigoration without needing to build all new strikes and all new content. And so, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I look at in this is being economical with the resources that they put into something and the return on investment and enjoyment that players get out of it. And so they've kind of started touching on that with the fact that they are now adding in a, you know, a vendor refresh, essentially, for Vanguard, Crucible, and Strikes. The reason that the community is having an issue with that, though, is because they're using the same armor set, but then change the decals. And so mm-hmm. I, I love that idea. That's that's great you should every year you know say when you know we've got um beyond light coming up we've got uh witch queen coming up have a yearly armor set you know same geometry that is launched at that year and that's the armor set that you're going to be earning over the course of that year maybe make it themed around the season you know like witch queen have it be high themed and then each week have these weekly events that you go in have you earn a different colored glow that you can equip on that armor now bungie has then created an armor set with glows that people are going to chase the reason that decals fall flat in their face is because nobody cares about decals people love armor glows though so right. you know if iron banner had a red glow strikes at a blue glow, gambit at a green glow you know rates at a purple glow you know each week you would hop in and you would want to earn that for you know one you want to earn it because it's the content you like to do but two maybe it's the color you like or you know it looks this way whatever and so Bungie's essentially created a grind and content that people want to chase and enjoy. And all they've done is made one armor set and then one geometry-based glow, and they just changed the color on it. I mean, they did chroma before. What do you think, Teddy? Is that... I mean, I, I'm i not motivated by a glow. I mean, chat's, chat's 
mixed on this. What do you think, Teddy? Are you going to go and grind content for an armor glow? I didn't grind solstice for an armor glow. I bought it. Uh, so, so the <laughs> reason I, I said I, this I, would no, work. I got you. I got your. I got your idea though. But some people will grind for it, and if you have a content loop that is always shifting around and changing, it'll move people to different activities and get them around playing different parts of the game. Yeah, game parts that they like and stuff like that yeah yeah the the reason i i thought about this today specifically is because touching on the casual and the hardcore is that mm-hmm. this gives constant content for the casual player that might not want to jump into end game content especially since it will focus each week around each portion of the game so nothing gets left out like sorry you know you don't like raid week well you know there's a public event week going up next week you know where public events there'll be some modifiers going on it'll feel a little bit different and you know maybe the public week glow is gold you know you like gold, maybe you want to do it. You don't, maybe you don't care about the glows, but you still like doing public events. Now that's your week. You know, it, it gives something for the hardcore consistently that's minimal effort for Bungie to put into the game and something for the casual player each week that they can go and do that's changing constantly so it doesn't feel stale. Yeah, I mean, you're touching on something that I've been, maybe I've been more specific about it. I've said that, that um, NPCs should have a seasonal rank. And when you get to that seasonal rank cap, there are cosmetics. There is a ship, Sparrow, Ghost, and then maybe ornaments. So if you're grinding for a couple of Vanguard guns or Crucible guns, and you can get those ornaments, you can, <clears throat> excuse me, you can get to the, um, you know, level 50 or 75 or whatever, and now you got some awesome ornaments for your guns that came from the vendor. Mm-hmm. So you're just making it more cyclical and having it rotate through the game. I like the idea of that. I also like the idea of daily targeted farms. I know Division does that. I would love to boot up the game and be like, oh, right now I can go grind X activity and its targeted daily uh, drop is, you know, uh, Dire Promise or whatever. And then I can go do, and I know what's dropping from that particular activity. Again, similar to what you're saying, it rotates you know, a relevancy and a draw that you may not care about, but then casuals can do it if they want. And then, you know, I I think you need to make sure and have this increase in its potency, the higher you go. So maybe it's glows in all the lower echelon content, but there's clear ornamentation and physical changes to armor, the higher you go. So if I'm grinding a raid, I better be getting more than a glow, you know, Mm-hmm. At, the, at that level. But the same idea is applied, right? It's a cosmetic item I can really dig in and try and chase if I want. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I've, so what I'm kind of working through in my head here as I talk um, is that, you know, it, it's just a shift in mentality. I think they need to stop creating things right away and they need to think before they create the object, how can we get the most bang for our buck out of this? You know? Um, yeah. So... I, I like the idea of, you know, having a planetary vendor, you level it up and you get cosmetics from that planet. That feels though, you know, if we less now, so, cause we have less planets, but that is, you know, on each planet, say that we have seven planets, say it's just a ghost, a ship and a sparrow, you know, three planets or uh, three items per planet. That's 21 items. You know, if Bungie's looking at that, that's a lot of work. Why not have it based around them creating a one armor set? And then repurposing and using that armor set and making it desirable enough in other aspects that you can chase it through different content. It, it, it's, I feel like they just need to be more economical with how they create things. They create so much yep. stuff that just isn't 
repurposed properly for reusable things. And if you're having a living, breathing world, you know, if you're not letting stuff alter in real time and you have to create something from scratch every time you want something new to happen, you know, it's going to just collapse. I think you're going into the specifics of what I was speaking about more generally when I said get capital from the well. Um, mm-hmm. You're saying, okay, here's a way to get more capital out of these activities and these loot sets. I think that's just a general philosophy. They need to put that up on a whiteboard. Every department, whether you're making guns and activity or you're updating strikes or whatever you're doing, how can we get more capital out of everything you're playing? How can it matter to both the two hour a week player and the and the ten hour a day player? Like what's the capital squeeze out of it? Because mm-hmm. I do think one of the primary problems is they get such little capital out of blind well was a checkbox. They got no capital out of it. There was no reason to run it. There was no specific loot grind. And yet it's actually a good activity with its own mechanics with rotating bosses. And they didn't freaking put a loot grind in there. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's a great container for capital squeeze like squeeze capital out of it it just it kills me that they they do this so often and i and and the and the sad thing is is once they do it it's over it's like well mm-hmm. <laughs> if they go back and repurpose it then everyone's like reskin 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 and i'm like ah oh, you guys missed your you missed your shot you know but i think they should do everything you're saying to a certain degree like always be combing over uh, content and giving it some new life instead of just letting things lie derelict and dead to the point that like they're getting rid of planets and most of us are like I don't care I'm, I don't go there anymore yeah. you know I can't take screenshots there anymore like that's all I use Titan for oh no yeah yeah all right we're getting we're getting I'm a little done. close to the <laughs> other show so thanks for calling in though good ideas all right I'm coming to Wheezy because Wheezy's trying to bail so I'm not gonna let you bail I'm not trying to bail what do you got sir alright so uh, I know that earlier we were talking about loot hierarchy and difficulty spectrum and whatnot. so you know I've been a big proponent of don't just put all the best gear in one spot and the reason for that is if you take a look at destiny if you put the best hand cannon in the raid there's still three other archetype of hand cannons right if you put the best pulse in trials there's still another three archetypes of pulses loot i think needs to be spread out because what was the saying they had for destiny one it turned casuals into hardcore mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you remember around House of Wolves, Hopscotch Pilgrim, you had to grind mm-hmm. scouts or strikes to get that. Yeah. There was also the option to get the messenger from Trials. Mm-hmm. And there was also the option because we had Etheric Light, you could infuse the Vog uh, Pulse, and you could also infuse the uh, Crotazen Pulse. So you had all these different scouts fitting different archetypes from all these just different levels of like content and then taking king you had like a spare chain so basically what i'm getting at is i think it's fair to say that we have to feed the hardcore because 
I am a hardcore player by nature, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think it's a little disingenuous to act like the game has never put amazing loot in activities that weren't just Endgame mm-hmm. and still was perfectly fine for it. Yeah, yeah. I In the Spectrum of Content section, I said that Destiny 2 and even portions of the life of Destiny 1 have offered an imbalanced amount of content spectrum. So I think Destiny 1 probably did this a little bit more consistently even though I think it was pretty it was inconsistent but yeah, at least it, it was, did it this it wasn't consistent yeah Destiny 2 has done it it's you almost have to search for the diamonds they're not nearly mm-hmm. as as present um this okay so the principle of creating hard mode king's fall and then and then ratcheting it down to normal this is what the weapon design team should do with every weapon. They design the adept awesome version first, and then they tone it down for normal, and then you land it on spectrum of content. So strikes can get the re- the weapon. There's great rolls, there's great versions, but as you go up you can get that better version in Master Grandmaster. You would do the right. same thing in Trials. You design the adept fe- weapons first and then you tone them down to normal. The principle works, because you take a weapon to the very edge of what you think is appropriate and then you tone it down and then everybody, that's how you turn casual into hardcores. You're giving them a catalyst. <gasps> Yo, this weapon's awesome, but there's a better version if I go up the echelon, if I climb the exactly. ladder. There's a better version here. So, it, I, I think that's the problem is, number one, they tried to homogenize the weapons almost entirely of the life of D2 up to now. Like, the difference between uh, you know, the pulse rifle in Garden and a blast furnace. There is such a... Wait, oh, it can get rapid hit. Oh, shut up. Yeah. That's not a good enough difference. Come on. Like, that's not a good enough difference. And everybody knows that's not a good enough difference. So... This is this is one of the reasons I just I can't stop. This is my one string banjo because you can just see how much more they would get out of, you know, blind well would be a great example if they would have put a couple of weapons in there that rotated in accordance to the boss. And when you yeah. ran the really really hard version of blind well, you could get a better version of the gun. Right. Ship that like ship it. People would grind that menagerie. Same deal. All the weapons we were grinding for. If there were better versions in the hard m- mode of menagerie. <laughs> it's like it's right there you're right there you've so, got all the pieces so i think i think i'm i think i'm picking up what you're putting down i think another thing too is not only should there be a better version of the gun i mean excluding raids right so say hard mode menagerie you got a better version of the Ostringer. Right. i think with getting a better version you should also just make it like explode loot I think I think what's gonna draw people to is like they see hey there's better version of the weapon I'm getting like at this funnel but if I go higher not only will I get a better version but it's just gonna it's it's gonna look like you know like a loot explosion from like Borderlands like yeah, but- not saying like a hundred drops but you're just like holy crap like look at all these things I have to pick from because I feel like not only should there be the quality in heart in the higher echelons i think it should also have the quantity yeah yeah they're close right now uh the loot the the loot that pops out at the end of haunted forest look at that that chest actually looks pretty dope yeah it just just, yeah it just feels so satisfying to just see Mm -hmm. (laughs) things just flying out like and it's just candy and a bunch of blues so they can obviously it it just feels satisfying yeah yeah so you could make it a currency that matters and make it some drops that matter. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think there is something nice about like, oh, I got to go run through that that confetti pile over there. Like, I yeah. need all that stuff. I yeah, I, <laughs> I'm not trying to keep it too long. But yeah, no. I think I think uh, just like I said, a big thing. I don't know if 
Teddy has like any in input is like if you're making it just basically rain on me up top that doesn't mean that like someone that's not playing at the same level as me should be completely starved he should be getting enough stuff where he goes man this is great but I want to get all of that up there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know instead of it just like being content with what you have is great and all but I think what we're missing is that like man i'm so content but now wait you're telling me that i can get more and it's better right huh i kind of want to try that now and that's what's lacking it's just like hey you can do harder versions of existing things now but what do they give you mm -hmm. yeah it's like it's like when i decided finally hey i think i'm gonna get the recluse and he drug me through it kicking and screaming to get it <laughs> I, yeah. I did not want to go for the grind but I wanted it but I did it anyways so I mean they they need to keep feeding the bottom end as well they can't yeah. just cut them off if they cut them off I'm always kind of content with what I got but I'm always looking for the next thing so right. it's, I it's a balance I, I think what it should be is yeah, you're content with what you got, but you kind of get not like jealous, but you get that envy where you're like, damn, that's a lot up there. I just got to make that climb now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I don't, I don't think you're ever going to win people over right? until you do that. It's got to be, you get it in your hand and you're like, oh, okay, I want a better version of this. This thing it, feels awesome. Exactly. It's like, the, I think the Diablo three, like a uh, loot director, Mm -hmm. Where they talked about people were going from, oh, oh, I finally got the drop to, oh, I got the drop. Now I want a better version of the drop. Yeah, they went from saying, I'm just trying to get this item to, I want to get a better version of this item. They became yeah. a farmer instead of someone that sort of settled. Yep. That's, yep. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> I don't want you to be late, Tremblebist. Oh, I'm going to be late. We have two more people to call in, and uh, Repeat Theater will be a little late. That's okay. Thanks for calling in, Wheeze. Yes, sir. All right. I'm just going to go in the order of requests, because I know Light Leap is next, and then Greater, if you're still around, you can go after Light Leap. Go ahead, Light Leap. Oh, this was muted. Sorry. It's okay. Um, I can also wait. I don't know about Greater, but... Um, no, no, no. Go ahead. Then I'll still be on time, and he'll be, it will be his fault that RT, RT is late. <laughs> yeah, blame it on um, him. Yeah, I'm glad to have the casual hipster here also to... <laughs> you are to most welcome. You are most opinion. welcome. <laughs> no, but... I mean, everything was basically mentioned. You know mostly where I stand from my opinions on how I'd like to see endgame loot, but... One thing that I would like to ask both of you is, um, do you think that we should move again away from casuals, um, I mean, getting everything? And I don't mean this in an elitist way, but I do believe that Bungie tried to cater too much to everyone. You know, everybody like wants to feel progression, right? So we got the season pass. Everybody wants to get everything. I mean, especially since collections. So we I, I don't know why they removed hard mode raids right they wanted to have one raid experience we just get and i remember luke smith said something i don't know if that's still um current because uh a lot of things have changed since then but 
he said himself he sees moving he sees the franchise moving towards being a collection game well a collection game means that right you you acquire everything right that's that's like the main purpose behind the game and i feel that in this whole discussion we haven't mentioned that this idea that some people have to be okay with it not getting everything and that includes like me right i love things when i see i still didn't get the spare ration wall or spare rations roll i always wanted but the cool thing is there's dire problems now right i mean so in my world where there's plenty of stuff I don't have to have everything. I can get maybe something else that some other people don't have, right? And that way make it more unique. And I have the feeling that there's a lot of systems in the game currently that make it look like they can't move away from the fact that a lot of people just want most stuff in the game. Oh, yeah, there's a lot there. I I would need to know what exactly he meant by collection game. I mean, I, I, I think at a ground level, the season pass um, is maybe one of their... Uh, expressions of that like you want to make sure and get to level 100 you want to get all those things there's you know there's and, and there's some really cool cosmetics typically at the end uh an exotic ornament for a weapon ghost sparrow uh, the the all of the uh the ornamental set you know most of those pieces are on the back half um so to me that's an expression of that and then another expression of that would be the fact that in year three they gave you I think a pretty straightforward path if you wanted to get all of the weapons and then that's all you really wanted. Like, if you wanted every sundial weapon, it wasn't that hard. Um, and maintaining that while also maintaining what you said at the beginning where, like, you don't think everybody should get everything. Like, you're not trying to be elitist, but I, I do think you have to be... Um, okay, so the quote is, I'm a pretty, uh, I'm still a pretty big supporter of the change. I believe that ultimately Destiny franchise is heading towards becoming a collection game. I understand that we have shortcomings where they're right now um, that needs to be addressed with respect to making duplicates matter this is still one of the things we have ideas for speaking of the D2 director changes yeah I mean fundamentally even if they add adept weapons and they've got like more depth of customization on raid gear raid armor trials armor and all of that I still think that falls under the collectionist pre, you know, purview because you, as a hardcore player, care about those things. And this is why I think Spectrum works. Um, the Spectrum works. It says, okay, I'm a collectivist. I want to get all the things. Okay, you can get all the things. But, you know, the better version of these things, you know, is, is you're going to have to go up the echelon and go up the, go up the ladder. You may not have a god roll exotic helmet. You might have an exotic helmet you like to wear, but it's like a 56 or something. And you suddenly find yourself wanting to grind a nightfall because you're like, well, I want those, the, the better stats. I, I think that, I think you're always going to have this rub of better stuff isn't here and players that sort of say, I don't want to go over there to get the... T- I don't want to go through those pain points. Like, there's somebody in chat saying, you know, right now, like, casual players, if they don't care about the roles, why are they suddenly going to go up into the harder content and suddenly care about the roles? I am actually agreeing with you that right now, most people that consider themselves casual and they play casual content, they don't care about getting a god role. My point is, you could incentivize and give them a catalyst to care about that by having a clear spectrum of loot. They don't have an opportunity to care about it right now. Number one, the loot's very homogenized. And number three, they can get god rolls from seasonal content like it's nothing. It's not hard. I mean, farming umbrals? I mean, come on. They do some bounties, get some currency. 
and they can try and get a god roll guillotine like it's nothing and if they don't care about that that's fine but they give you the guillotine on the the season pass I wonder how many people that consider themselves casuals got that guillotine heard about potential god rolls and then tried to get one out of the umbrals like I'd actually be really curious about that as a proof to my argument that if you give them that catalyst inroad and then you equip them to chase the better version they'll do it um I don't yeah, know. make make hardcores out of casuals, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them that entrance point. Give them this. There's no stepping stone. Like prior to Umbrals and Sundial, it was like if you wanted a God roll weapon. I mean, I mean, I guess I'm forgetting. Yeah, I mean, Ada's frames and the Menagerie are other examples of like you can very specifically be like, I want a blast furnace. I got a blast furnace. I'm happy. And then the guy next to you is like, I want a God roll blast furnace, and he just keeps going. Um, so I like like I said, they're so close. They're right there. They've got the spirit of equipping a player to chase something that they want. But what they what they need is is they need a better route to uh, or I'm sorry, a better spectrum. So there's a clear difference between yeah, my god rolls better than yours. Yeah, but why? I mean, it, it's just perk differences, right? There needs to be a qualitative difference between like an adept piece of raid gear and a gun from a public space. Yeah, before uh, before Teddy, I just want to chime in because I see in chat people cl- talking about like stuff that was only available during the seasons. I'm not speaking about not not having something that was taken out of the game. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not talking about that. Oh, there's this time frame like this this FOMO, FOMO basically, right? I'm speaking that about difficulty spectrum and that and and rarity of items and that you're okay with it that you either need a lot to grind for it sometimes or just okay if that the game is not giving it to you right now i'm not talking about um i I always want the casual player if he decides to be hardcore to like have still be able to go for everything i don't want it to like to be taken out of the game that's not what i meant yeah yeah i i I think i capture what you meant it it um it's hard there's got to be a line but if the line is if there's more of an overlap like a Venn diagram so it doesn't feel so compartmentalized I think that's better but also you have to put raid gear in the raid you have to put adept trials gear in the in the flawless chest there's eventually going to be a hurdle that maybe you gotta pull vault over it and it's a little painful for you you gotta LFG you gotta get out of your comfort zone Um, it's unavoidable you know right now that pull vault is like there's all of the world loot and then there's the dungeon and then like there's no in between and that's where I think grandmasters could serve as a really good purpose as difficulty spectrum and gear hierarchy uh, the seasonal content having a normal and a hard mode could be another great way to show people that there can be higher tier of loot if you go into the harder content so I don't know Teddy did you have any one thing you want to add that was that was just mostly me and lightly going back and forth <coughs> Yeah, uh, I basically agree with Lightly. Uh, I don't think everyone should be, you know, the casual player should not have everything in the game. Uh, it shouldn't just be handed to you. Uh, you should have to go earn certain things. I mean, that's just, that's the point of a game like this. Go earn that thing. And if some of it is, seems unattainable to you, find someone to help you. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so to just, and what would you prefer imagine a world just hypothetically betty specifically because you defended what you and i went back and forth on season passes i remember in chat 
forget about um, difficulty or what you think colored will be attainable, but would you prefer if all the stuff um, in the season pass would be available to you um, the same way as it is now, like easily accessible, just a like 20, 30 hour investment, whatever the season pass is, but it would be more incorporated into the game or would that, would you also be, let's say, turned off by that? Like, would you, would you prefer uh, if there were some quests and you would get the armor through that or maybe, maybe the first guillotine through that? Or what? Or are you? Are, do you actually enjoy the, the 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 season pass? The reason I'm asking is because to me the season the, the feeling of of getting this from the menu is just terrible in a looter shooter. And I wonder if you and I would be compatible in saying we would prefer if this was in game. Uh, it's a hard one to answer because I am a fan of the season pass uh, because it gives me some. I mean, I'm doing it through experience points, basically leveling up the pass with experience to get in the thing. Uh, it's really one half dozen the other, but uh, I just see it as a way to support Bungie. Really, uh, I, if I didn't have the season pass, I'd probably be in the Eververse more. Hmm. Oh, okay, but like I'm just saying, you would still buy the season, but it would be like more more quests and stuff, you know? Not okay. not a, not okay. a straightforward so, way. So just saying, like, like a uh, Fortnite quest type thing where they. Yeah, exactly. Let's say you, you would do then... the things and you get you get the stuff. I could do with that. I could do with that. Okay. So, if, for example, you would buy the season pass and suddenly you would have a quest at the Drifter and the quest would give you the armor. And then maybe uh, you, there would be a different quest that gives you, like, the rewards you the first guillotine. Like, basically the same thing, just more incorporated into the world loop. Yeah, I could see that working. Kind of, a, kind of meshing the two together would work fine with me. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, because I would prefer that. I mean, obviously, we'll see what Bungie does, but um, in my opinion, it would add a lot of value to the game, especially also for casuals, because it would make would make them interact more with the world, you know, instead of. That's true, because yeah, right now I could just run bounties forever and get everything. Right, or, or anything. Yeah, it feels like very disconnected from actually dropping in the world, which is, I also think an experience that that is cool. Mm -hmm. Well, that that's it for me then. Thanks, guys. Okay. Great, thanks for calling in, Light Leap. We're going to go to Gritter for our last call. Uh, wait, I just muted myself. Hang on. I need to mute Light Leap. <laughs> I was like, I was like what, what is, happened? What is happening? All right, Gritter, if you're there, unmute yourself, sir, and go ahead with your okay. question or your topic. Okay, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. All right, so I, I do consider myself hardcore in my heart but i do have a casual approach to gaming and that's not just that's not to, you know um that's because it's because of where i am in life you know if i was a lot younger if i was in my 20s or if i was still a teen living under my mom and dad's roof then that would be great but you know me having a mortgage and i'm 41 you know um you know but like i and, I, and, I, and i'll get to the point with this i think destiny 2 especially on a Luke Smith and uh, even Mark Noseworthy direction does a really good job of, I think Shadowkeep did what it accomplished of, at least in my thought of trying to take a casual player base. So like with new light and try to do like the Mr. Miyagi psychology wax off wax on approach mm -hmm. to getting them more into liking hardcore content. I never would have thought I would have someone like me would have gotten not forgotten, but I did. Thanks to them doing little things like, um, um, what's that? Mad, not the connection-based matchmaking, but the other one. Um, skill-based. Skill-based, skill-based, yeah. 
Um, and I know a lot of people hate it, but you know, Bungie knew that they were going to end up <laughs> nerfing the crap out of those weapons. But they did that, and, and you know, someone like myself got a feel for it. So now, when Trials comes around the following season and season the word of the season after they they introduce skill based matchmaking and, and um, comp, but now they're not doing it in Trials. Yeah, Trials are more difficult, but you know, for having obtained that goal, it makes me say, I think I may have what it takes to do Trials. I got the button. I, I will win at least. I would win at least one match a week. In trial, so I did earn the hat. I bought the hat. You know, you know that's all I could do. But you know, I'm not. You know, what you would call a flawless person. But um, mm-hmm. you know that that's a psycho. You know, it's a psychological thing. You know, just little things Bungie does that I I never would have thought. You know, I would want to go for that type of an end game grind. You know, um, like I never considered myself a raider, but Last Wish made me a raider. You know, um, now that's that's back in Forsaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you know, and, and I, and I'll, and I'll draw this point home. I, I've never seen so many people fight and argue to teach a new person how to do a raid that says, I lied. I'm new at this raid. And it came, you know, unlike garden of salvation, everyone fights to be the teacher. And, and then the person who's new has never done a raid before. They love it. And they're like, yeah. they're like, you know, they're like, and everyone at the end, like, congratulations, buddy. You're hardcore now. They're like, oh, man, I'm hardcore now. Let me go do Last Wish. Like, hold on, Tiger. Last Wish is a, a totally different beast. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, man. Mm-hmm. I think stuff like Forever 29, I don't think it's ever going to go back to that exactly. But I do think um, Luke Smith is going to get us back to something towards that hardcore sentimentality or prism and the turn and either by witch queen or life i think he's slowly turning the knob each year back to that destiny one sentiment of what it really means to be like a hardcore grinder a player but he wants the new player base or people who are scared to do certain like um um you know accomplishments in the game to you know kind of you know kind of you know i think you know i don't know if this is I don't know. I see it working that way. I mean, it may not be their exact intent to play, you know, like a psychological mind game, like with like the season pass. They get stuff from the season pass. They're like, oh my god, this is amazing. But they're like, you know what's better than Wither Horde? The um, you know, the, the the exotic from Garden of Salvation or the the exotic from Last Wish, you know, and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it it makes people say, okay, I thought I had um, a barrier or a limit to how far I would go in this game. But I think I can go farther. Let me take that approach and step. So, you know, with with hardcore versus casual, I I really think what um what Bungie is doing, especially with this third year, I think it's gonna change in, in year four. But in, in year three, they wanted to like they're always saying stuff like take care of your kindergarten kindergartens, you know, in the beginning of Shadow Keep. They yeah. wanted to get the new people and help acclimate them into what it is to be uh, a first-time player to being a regular player to saying okay now you're ready for the big leagues let's go and you know they get a taste and now certain people may hit a limit and say okay i don't think i want to go i try i dip my toe in that pond of this end game like like uh grandmaster nightfalls yeah i keep trying them i've never completed one i came close to completing one but i do rate a lot so i don't consider myself that you know like that bad of a player but at the same time, there's certain things, you know, I mean, so I think he may have, did he disconnect? I can't hear you, Gritter. Well, I think he was getting ready to 
to land the plane. I mean, ultimately, what I think Gritter was driving at is that if, in, like, loot is a is a driver, and what it made me think of as he was talking was procedural engagement standards that they use on uh, websites. Procedural engagement is the idea that if I can get you to click this first thing and then this second thing, and as you're procedurally engaging with the website, you're getting more info or potentially providing me with more info. There's like studies on usability and how far you can take somebody if you get them to kind of follow through the procedural engagement. I think they could apply similar principles to procedural engagement in Destiny that he was sort of driving at is when you see that loot or you see that thing out on the horizon, you're more likely to potentially... Uh, go and chase it and I think that's one of the keys to a lot of the spectrum that I was talking about is I don't expect a casual player whether they play a casual amount of hours or they play casual content I don't expect them to care about a god roll of a weapon but if they get a really good roll of the weapon and they've heard there's a better version, a spicier, better version, whatever, whatever, you know, if it's got that adept title, maybe it looks a little bit different and they know there's like extra, extra things and bells and whistles on it. They're more likely to then go up into the harder content and chase it. I don't think you can get them there if you don't put something in their hands as the catalyst. And I think we've really driven that home today very well uh, from a variety of perspectives. So we're going to need to probably end there though we did go a little long repeat theater is going to start late which is okay uh teddy any final words on the subject or anything that gritter just talked about yeah i'll make it quick uh he's right though he is 100 correct you dangle just a little bit of a carrot just a little bit higher than where i'm at i'll probably go for that depending on my time my time is is pretty precious to me uh i don't get a lot of time to play I don't get a lot of time to do a lot of things. I have lots of work to do, lots of overtime. So when I get home, I like to relax, play dumb dumb, and do patrols and strikes. That's my thing mm-hmm. right now. And usually by the end of the season, I'm got just about everything I want just because mm-hmm. I, I manage my time. And that's yep. it. Just give us more loot and we're good. Yeah, agreed. And I Hopefully, uh, year four rounds off some of these edges. Uh, year three was very much, I think, aimed at the middle of the player base, not necessarily the top of it. So we're hoping some of that gets rounded out. If you guys were listening to this today and you're like, hey, that was pretty cool, I'd love to co-host or call in. We have different tiers of support, and VIP is right there. That is the one that can do the voice call-ins, which is what Gritter and Light Leap and uh, all the various people did. They can actually call in. They can also take part in fight nights. They get one hour of early access to Q&A as well in the Discord. So if you want to click the join button uh, or go to the Patreon by going to sntrpresents.com, you can pick that VIP tier. The high, the really, really big one on the far side there for $100. You got That's what you got to spend if you want to co-host with me. We don't make co-hosting uh, a low a low tier for for good reason uh we want to make that something that's like a really really special perk but most people hover around tier one and vip tier one gets you the emotes uh you still get early access to q a by the way on a, on a tier one you can submit questions in the discord before i even go live so vip call-ins and the the written q a is just a, such a great way to go back and forth on these subjects we've been doing it for a very long time if you enjoy the content today it's one of your first times here make sure and hit subscribe on youtube that's free the join button is what takes you to these various tiers uh when you click it it'll look a little bit like this when you do the join button and you can see here tier one and then vip and on down 
Uh, and unfortunately, Tier 1 looks way better than the rest because you see all the badges and emotes, but most people hover between Tier 1 and VIP. But again, subscribing and clicking like is free. As always, if you're listening to this as a podcast format elsewhere, this hits every audio podcast platform that I know of. Uh, just look for SNTR Presents, but you can always watch live at say no to rage.com. As always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, like maybe the SNTR Network website, SNTRnetwork.com, those are great places to consume the content. As always, though, please like, share, and subscribe.